and welcome to the podcast. As you've probably guessed by now, this is not, in fact, a new edition of Ross and Phil Talk Movies. What this is, is a hijacked podcast, also known as uh, Phil Tries to Fill the Gaps between this and the actual next podcast. Anyway, uh, what you're going to get tonight is, in fact, an edition of the Smoking Lamb podcast, our partner podcast, and one which I, in fact, feature on. So this episode, episode 83, was from Christmas and is both the review of Star Wars The Last Jedi and our wrap-up of our favourite films of 2017. It's a damn good podcast. So if you like what you hear, check out The Smoking Lamb on www.philhopton.co.uk or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or via SoundCloud. So sit back and enjoy this hijack episode of Ross and Phil Talk Movies. You have just downloaded the planet's hardest, bestest killer movie podcast. Chill out and smoke this, motherfucker. Everyone else can say you're just a bastard. It's the Smoking Lamb Podcast. Join the herd at thesmokinglamb.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Smoking Lamb. Welcome to the family, bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our end of year, end of year special. I'll evict you from the call. <laughs> oh, mister, I've got to be done by 10, so what I'll do, I'll dick about. <laughs> yes, I asked for all of this. Carry on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode of the Smoking Lamb podcast. It's our end of year special. We have an action packed show, and we're going to go over the best and worst films of the year. Now, joining me once again. He's my partner in crime. He took over as co-owner of the Smoking Lamb at the start of the uh, year and helped steer it in a less rapey direction. It's Mike Parkin. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did push it into other controversial areas, you know, to compensate. Yeah, but it was yeah, like, Merry like Christmas, everyone. Steer it past the rape rock and then into like um, anti-Semitic waters. <laughs> um, oh, I, I missed all that. There's a conversation that I, you know. <laughs> and these other people I will introduce one by one so shh. next up he's our northern bundle of joy big bundle of joy he's the Ayatollah of sausage rollers Mr Stephen Lockridge good evening Merry Christmas to everyone good. we can't speak we haven't been introduced yet uh, next up uh, that he, was some listeners he <laughs> started the uh, year as a fan and through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, he's now a member of the family. It's Ricky B. Merry Crimbo, everyone. Merry Crimbo. Good. And finally, he's the man that hair and podcasting forgot, Mr. Phil Hobden. <laughs> that's, that's a bit harsh. And? Hi. 
There's a real pregnant pause there. Yeah, 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 I like the fact none of you fuckers actually agree with me. We were all sort of pondering whether it was or not. We were sort of weighing it in the balance. Yeah, Yeah, because if we say, like, that's mean, then we have to, like, go back and edit every other episode. Yeah, that's kind of true. So, so, yeah, no, what kind of podcast am I on? You know, all this kind of controversy. I'm, I'm a good Christian chap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Phil Phil comes from the um, Harvey Weinstein school of uh, podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been it's oh, been an eventful be year, like with me. You know, if you want to get ahead in podcasting, you have to you have to get ahead in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and so it I'm, I'm, right? I'm, I'm going to quickly do this, right? So, fr- someone I know, a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, did because I put a comment on Facebook about the Kevin Spacey thing. I mean, you know, I don't know why I'm being coy. We all know he's a bit of a cock, bit, bit of a cock. Uh, I, I put something on there, and they, this guy messaged me, and he said, he said, yeah, I know a few people that work with Kevin Spacey at the old Vic, and uh, apparently it was common knowledge that that if you wanted to uh, to get ahead in uh, in the old Vic, you had to give head to the old Queen, and I was just like. <laughs> Okay then. So yeah, amazing, uh, amazing how well known some of these things are. Well, me and Mike knew a year. By the way, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Allegedly, I just want to put that no, bit no. in. <laughs> we, 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 allegedly, because yeah. you know, Spacey's even now. Spacey's got kind of spacey money, and I've got not spacey money. So allegedly, Mister Spacey. Well, even I didn't know this, but Mike Parkin um, knew this a year ago when he was like telling all the uh, magazines and everything. That's Mike Parkin, if you're listening. Yeah, thank you for dropping me in the shit. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, Family Guy, Family Guy pegged it fucking years ago, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm escaping from well, Kevin Spacey. The, the thing is, the thing is, I, I don't know how far back you remember. Um, there was an incident where Kevin Spacey got mugged, and he refused yeah. to press charges. This is this is yeah. going back so when is he it, first was, took up residence in the in the old Vic. The old Vic. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, I knew so then. Hmm? Was this like the Eddie Murphy mugging, where Eddie Murphy got caught in a car with a uh, a, a transsexual lady, um, <laughs> and it was oh oh no, I I had no idea it was uh, it was that. Mm. Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's, it's been an eventful year, and I'm sure this show is going to um, show that. Um, Mike, what do we have for line? What's our lineup of tonight's show? Well, we in exact have... order. You fucker. <laughs> okay, considering that you've already recorded part of the show without me, <laughs> at my behest, I should say. Um, so we've got the top ten worst films of the year, the the, the films that reached the uh, the smoking lambs naughty list. Uh, then we've got a review of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Spoiler filled, I should say. Spoiler filled. I'm sure that, that these guys yeah. just couldn't shut up about it, which is why I decided not to be there because I haven't seen it yet. Um, and then later on, we have the the good list. We've got our top ten. Before we get to that, we've got Phil's essential list, I believe. Yep. End, end of year awards. End of year awards. Yep. Okay. Can I save that with me? And then we have the good list. Our top 10 films of the year as uh, consolidated by Mr. Norris himself. Which basically means he's... 
<laughs> Beauty and the Beast times ten. At number that. ten, Beauty and the Beast. At number four, Beauty and the Beast. Having said that, uh, now that this is going to be a Disney <laughs> film, I mean, every film is now. Uh, yeah. Pixar, Disney, Marvel, Disney, Star Wars, Disney. You know, fuck everything. Like Pornhub. <laughs> soon, soon, and then we'll end it off this, this with a. By Pixar. And then we're going to end the show where Phil will be comparing a debate the land competition where we'll go head to head to crown a 2017 winner. So it's exciting stuff. But first, we will do the worst 10 films of the year as voted by the Smoking Lamb. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Smoking Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope you're sitting comfortably. I hope you have a pillow to hide behind because we're approaching the worst films of 2017. Now, these films have been voted on by the members of the LAM. Uh, we each picked our top or bottom 10 worst films. Uh, Josh has compiled that list, scored them depending on how many people voted for them and where they appeared on the list. And we've come up with a definitive t- bottom 10. Yep. So just how the scores worked is people gave their 10 best, which <clears throat> their favourite film of the year would get 10 points, second favourite would get 9, so on and so forth for their 10 favourite getting 1 point. That was the same for the worst, but it was negative. And then we netted them off because last year we had a situation where a film like Neon Demon or Fantastic Beasts or Rogue One appeared on both the best and worst film list. So people were saying how you can have both. So it's a definitive list. Um, but luckily there wasn't too much of that this year. So Yeah, because there yeah. are so many more crappy films to look at. <laughs> <laughs> do, I, do you know what? I actually, at the beginning of this year, I was like, this is going to be the shittest year for film ever. And it's turned out all right, actually. I think it's been really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been one of probably the strongest yeah. years for five or six years. I, I, I found it very Definitely. easy to do both a top ten and a bottom ten. Yeah, yeah I'll agree with that. Mm. Mm. And in fact, there's one there's one film on here which I totally forgot that I'd watched and hated. <laughs> we'll get to that later on. So shall I crack on? Yep. And Mike, yep, when you do it, is. just you know, you, you tell people when to speak. This is yours. Uh, okay. You're in charge. <laughs> well, you. This is your moment. <laughs> Go, Mike. You've been through this before, haven't you? I'm getting a sense of deja vu. <laughs> Number 10 is the craptacular The Dark Tower. Oh. So, guys, who actually bothered to go and see this? I, I saw the. I saw the, it. I don't. Do you know what? I, I'm going to be slightly controversial when I, and say it's not. It's just in the worst, ten, top, worst top 10, bottom 10 of the year. It, it's not inherently bad it's just inherently boring have you read the books no i i did start them years ago and even though i've kind of only read like the first kind of half the book Mm. it has fuck all to do with the books absolutely Um, but yeah in a year that i think the problem the thing that killed the dark tower more than anything was it's the year that one of the best stephen king adaptations for years was made that's true And, and you kind of you know, and you kind of have that, and then you have kind of Gerald's game, which sits in the middle, and and then you have the Dark Tower, which is like the Steve, like the Mangler, it's mm. like the old Stephen King films that we used to make that were shit. And you kind yeah. of go, well, like it and the Dark Tower came out like weeks apart, and you're just kind of like, mm. yeah, different ends of the spectrum, isn't it? Yeah, and it once again well, proves that Idris Elba was overrated. 
Well, the, the, thing, I mean, the thing that got me with this one, I, I didn't see it, and I'll tell you why. When when I start when I actually read the synopsis for this, I realised one they weren't actually doing the first book; they'd sort of just yeah. jumped in somewhere else. And two, they'd introduced this kid into it. I mean, apparently one of the he is in one of the books. <laughs> and I thought, is that because you've got Idris Elba in there, you know, a black guy, and you want a, a white protagonist to sort of soften the blow for your American audience? Your racist American audience. Yeah, it's. I'd say no on that. I think. No? I mm-hmm. I think the kid was put in because it was a twelve. I remember rightly, it mm-hmm. wasn't a fifteen. Is that how many people saw it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> and I think. It, I think it was just to bring kids into it a bit more. To you know, to try and entice kids into the audience as oh. someone that they'll they'll but get the, behind. I mean, the thing is, it's been proven that kids don't go to see other kids in films. They don't want to see kids, but they want to see adults. You know, it's it's, it's a weird thing. Mm. But, um, yeah. But anyway, it was shit. It was shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm steering clear of it. I, I haven't even bothered to watch it illegally. It is that you, bad. It's... <sighs> It's not worth watching, but no. if it was on, if you're watching it on a flight, you're not yeah. gonna. It's not gonna be a. a it's got moments. It, you're it you're not gonna wish the plane crashed, but <laughs> you will probably nod off. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good go to sleep. That's a good one. Yeah, so yeah. Don't to, to just nod off too. Okay, number nine, <laughs> Underworld Blood Wars, the latest instalment of the Underworld series. Do you know what? I think I must have seen <laughs> I'm going to be the guy that goes, yeah, I'll watch that shit as well. <laughs> no. See, I watched Anyone? it, but it wasn't on my bottom ten because these sort of films with that and the Resident Evil, I just find inoffensive because I 100% know what I'm going to get. It's kind of like a, a bit of a guilty pleasure, so I'm like, it, it can't be that shit compared to all the others. It was just boring. You know, yeah, I don't want to sound sound horrible either, but Kate Beckinsale is now of an age. No, where... no, don't, don't no. finish, don't finish it, <laughs> Phil. Don't where? you dare. Hold on. I'm where? hovering above you. I will hang up on you. No, but I, I think she, I, I think she's she's of an age where, like, and, and and this goes for male stars as well. It's not just Kate Beckinsale. It's like they're of an age where this type of film role just doesn't fit them anymore. And she looked, she looked uncomfortable doing it i felt like she was doing it out of contractual obligation or the fact she's got a big tax bill to pay or something rather than the fact that she wanted to be there and it, it was just that kind of thing where it's, it, it, it just i mean the underworld films were always pretty shit so the, the bar was always low but again i'm with josh on this it, it's 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 in the worst 10 because you know you have to have 10 films but it, it it did nothing. It wasn't like a you know Fifty Shades of Shite bad. Uh, 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 yeah. I know, I know. We've probably got to. Well, you're banging your head against. You're banging your cock against a brick wall. Um, but it, it it just it was just so vanilla, and not good vanilla. It's kind of like you know that really rubbish vanilla you get that people say is vanilla ice cream, but it's not vanilla mm. ice cream without the little black vanilla bits in it. Tesco Value Vanilla is what you're saying. That's exactly That's it. Yeah. It's Tesco's <laughs> Value Vanilla Ice Cream. Oh, dear. Okay, moving on. We've spent enough time on that one. The Mummy is our number eight. I was oh, so looking so forward to this. I'm so surprised this wasn't lower, higher. 
Higher, <laughs> worse, worse. Higher, lower. Yeah. Higher, lower. <clears throat> was so, it bad or was it just boring again? No, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. it was bad. I'm not being funny. <laughs> when you've got what was the film? <laughs> when you've got your main your main character. Excuse me, I've got a cough coming. Uh, surrounded by zombies, trying to grab him, and he starts laughing because mm. he's being tickled by zombies. I'm sorry, that's it. I was that was it. That was me done. Is the age of Tom Cruise over? Actually, no, <laughs> no it's not. He no, did America no. made this year, which yeah. was all right. Yeah. And then no, you've I got think, I think he's still Mission going. Impossible Six next year. So to counterpoint the Kate Beckinsale thing, I think he's an actor that's starting to look uncomfortable in action roles as well. Yeah. I think maybe maybe his maybe his days of kind of like, like being big in box office is kind of kind of dwind, you know kind of dwind. Is he not the last big? He is the last star, big action star. Last big actor that can not even action star. He's the last big actor that can draw. Uh, yeah. No. Who who can draw more? Rock, than the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, the Rock. Yeah. Oh, the yeah Rock. Even 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 Baywatch this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's not so much the star. I think it's the quality of the films. And everything about the mummy. It just stank. misfired on every level, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, every single level. I mean, the ending was oh. baffling. Uh, well, it's Russell, just so, Russell I mean, Crowe. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, Russell Crowe. You, you, you were good 20 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. yeah. What's that, 2000? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably his last good film. Um, <sighs> Russell Crowe, Russell, Russ, what are you doing? Yes, but it was just, um, you know, they, it was, uh, who was it? It's Universal, isn't it, this one? Yeah. And it was, um, you know, they're looking to start a whole franchise of using Again, the again it's one of them, <coughs> as soon as they mention they're going to yeah. make a shitload of them, they fail. Yeah. yeah. Like, on, on, on they concentrate just making one good film. Yes. And then, this, yeah. is the, this is the fucking thing that is driving me mad now. There was a time in Hollywood, right, when, you know, when we didn't have film stars molesting people and producers bullying people. And no, we, did. Those, just didn't know we did. We just nobody Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, it didn't <laughs> exist if no one knew about it. But we had all that. And, you know, and Hollywood was a nice place and people made films and we made good films and, you know, even, you know, we made pop fictions and we made standalone films and we made good action films like Con Air that were enjoyable. If they made Con Air now, it would be part of the extended Con Air universe and we'd have a film of of um, John Malkovich's character. We'd have a film of Steve yeah. Buscemi's character. We'd have a Steve yeah. film of Con Meany's character. And like The Rock just, as well, that the film The Rock as well. Yeah, exactly. That's and insane. you sit there and you just go, for fuck's sake, can we just... Let's make a film, and then if it works, like Mission Impossible, right? They made a film. It worked well. It made money, so they made another film. And that went well, and they made another film, and and, and so on and so on. And like Fast and the Furious, they kept making films, and they kept making good films, and it was fun. They didn't set out initially to say, we're going to make a Fast and Furious universe, and then plan 18 films ahead. It's like, Mm. just make a fucking good film, and then see what it's happens. A, it's almost like everyone is. Everyone now is looking at Marvel, and they're trying to play catch up, and they're just trying to, you know, but trying to do it the shortcut. And yeah, it's they're, trying to, they're trying to plan. It's not work. Yeah, no, they're trying to plan what ten years worth of films into yeah. into like a year, and it just 
doesn't work. Yeah. And even well, the Marvel... zeitgeist is going to change and everything. You know, people's yeah. people's yeah. tastes are going to change. That you know. And if you're going to do it, don't do it on the fucking Universal Horror franchise. Yeah. It's been dead for. Well, like Honestly, I've always said, there was potential always... to do that, but make it horror. They turned a horror film into action <laughs> well, because they cast Russell Crowe first, which is fine, mm. but then they cast Tom Cruise, and but because this... Tom Cruise was bigger than a small-budget horror film, then they changed the genre of the film to match but it. This is the other issue, is that we're now, we've now forgotten how to make 18-rated films, and the Disney Fox thing isn't going to help this. No. There's, gonna, there's now going to be a time where there is no major studio producing R-rated movies. Think about that. Mm. Every film is going to be a is 12A. It, is, is Deadpool, is that part of the Fox thing? Well, it is, and they have said that yeah, that's an R, that's an 18. They have said that they're going right, to keep that. Yeah. But they're going to keep it because it's in production, and the last one did well. But do you think we'll get Wolverine, uh, sorry, Logan again? Um, you know, Do you think Marvel will be pulling out 18-rated uh, Wolverine movies? Not a chance. Mm. It's that twin evil of everyone wants to create a shared universe, which is fine if you want to do that, but then everyone wants to do a 12A rating so it's the most popular. And then we cast Tom Cruise... And you know the good thing about the yeah, Fast and Furious film, but having said that, the Mummy was the fifteen this year in England. In England, in England, it was a so uh, PG thirteen in the States. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it's the and it, it's just you just sit there and you just go, oh, it's 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 all these twin evils of kind of big studios and and kind of ratings and and kind of like putting a star in it, and 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 what it's doing is it's killing creativity. It's almost like The Mummy, it was a particular example of where they thought, well, how can we shoehorn all the characters we want to spin off to our universe instead of concentrating on a standalone story? Well, they and... started they started with um, Infinity War and tried to work backwards. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's just... And, yeah. <laughs> and, and then well, instead of work. casting good people, they cast Russell yeah, but... Crowe. I mean, and... they did, initially they started on the, what was it, Dracula... Reborn or whatever, or Dracula Undead. Untold. Oh, Untold, yeah. that was it, sorry, yeah. yeah. And speaking of something else that didn't work, number seven is Assassin's it's Creed. Assassin's Creed, yes, I was getting to that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, when did this come out? This must have come out in January, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah. So, again, this is one of those films which just misfired completely. Uh, in a so way, dull. I, I think it tried to be too much like the games. See, I, I remember when we uh, was reviewing War, Warcraft and we were like, yeah. it was okay, failed a bit, but, you know, Assassin's Creed's going to be the one that will uh, turn <laughs> this this shadow yeah. on video game movies around. It's going to be the one, and it didn't. And they were like, it... Tomb Raider! Tomb Raider's going to be the one! No, t- I mean, t- genuinely, Tomb Raider is going to be the one. But, it you, is. you know, if you look at it, the best film adaptation of a computer game is still probably more. Angry Kombat. Birds. Angry yeah. Birds. Sorry? Angry Birds Angry is by far <laughs> the <laughs> best video game adaptation. Because it's, it teaches it... people, it teaches people, if someone comes to where you live and they're not from there, be suspicious of them straight away. Basically, it's a BNP funded movie. Yeah. It's, the film was funded by the BNP. If you don't like foreigners, be suspicious of them. Poke them with a pitchfork. Anyway, Assassin's Creed, though. <laughs> nice. Did, it, well, did anyone see it? I, yeah, I, I saw bits I of yeah, it. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's again. It's not. It's production. Production wise, it's gr- it's good. It it's well shot. It yeah. The sets it's so are fantastic. dull though. 
the effects are good. No, it is. And and like even Fastbender's fine, but they just forgot to put in a story. Story, to, yeah, uh, exactly. The just action just becomes this kind of the action does this thing where you just become numb by it because it's like I don't know what's going on. It makes mm. no sense. It's just like and and yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it's like and that's it, the most important thing. It's dull. You don't care. It just numbs you, and you just like it's just like just washes over you. Yeah. Okay, number six. This is a definite trend here, guys. Number six is Pirates of the Caribbean: Salazar's Revenge. Shite title. Oh my fucking hold god! On. Was that this Jeez. year? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. So that's number five. This is yep. number six. six. Yeah, the six. fifth one. Five. Yeah, which means oh, do you five know all films worse than this. Do you know what? <clears throat> I actually like this film. Controversially, I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, it's fucking boring. Um, so, so, so shit. This, this is the film that Johnny Depp turned up and stopped pretending to be drunk. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and developed an Australian accent. Uh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah, of course, because he was also known as Dead Man. Um, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Dead Man Tell No Tales. I, I gave this a six out of ten. I actually thought it was funny. It was quite good fun and it had a couple of good action sequences in it. I just it thought it was Plus, like the whole Bob. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> Um, the whole Barbosa's daughter thing, I was just like, oh my god, yeah, like just yeah. die, yeah, and, and cool. he did, and he did, and, so, and then the end yeah. of credits thing, which just totally negates everything we've just seen. Oh, hold on, what happened on the, the end whole, of credits? The whole, I... the whole Will Turner thing as well was just like, so, oh. so the whole the whole thing is that you know he he takes the trident or something and gets rid of every single curse on the sea. And then right at the end, Will Turner has a dream about Davy Jones turning up in his bedroom, proving that Davy Jones is still sort of a, um, a sea creature which means he wasn't Always affected by the curse which is impossible because all curses are broken you just broken your own film you uh, okay that that's no, no, because because at the end yeah. of that one it was God, cursed God. and then he was trapped so if the curse is lift lifted then he's free to roam that's how yeah. it works but yeah. Uh, Congratulations on justifying that, though. I, I, like, <laughs> I like the fact you actually tried to kind of justify the continuity of that. No, nice. The, the, yeah. I, I'm, being, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm genuinely impressed that you. No, the only reason why is because someone mentioned it to Bill Nye, and he uh, said, "Oh, was I actually in it?" <laughs> he, he didn't even know anything about it. Super. Yeah. Bless him. I don't think he's got to worry about turning up for the next one because there isn't going to be a next one. Hopefully, anyway. I, well, it's still, I, I still genuinely made a don't think it's on the money, didn't it? I, yeah, I genuinely don't think it's that bad. I, I, I think, no. I think it's not that bad at all. They're far worse films. Speaking and, of which, yeah. <laughs> number five, the Book of Henry. I don't know who actually saw this. Well, it, this this as... is joint joint oh, fifth yeah. because it's the Book of Henry and Alien Covenant. Mm. Okay. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Book of Henry, I've not seen. Alien Covenant? Wait, no. wait, 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 Phil, Hang Phil, on. stop there. First we'll go uh, Book of Henry, because I know Ricky B has seen it, and he did not like this at all. No, it's terrible. It's a terrible film. Wait, wait, wait. Um, <laughs> I've, tried to, I've tried to eliminate from my memory. It's basically, it's the, the film that basically, I, I think probably got Colin Trevorrow fired from the Star Wars film. Oh, because, yes. No, I remember Mark Kermode reviewing this now. Because this is so bad. It, it's, it was like, the, it's just really badly misjudged and it's like five films in one about a boy who's kind of like dying but he's super brainy and then it just goes all a bit it's just you have to see it to believe it. it's a complete and utter mess the tones all over the place 
really misjudged with some of the some of the um, acting and some of the way that they some of the messages that come across are just generally just a bit kind of like this is a bit weird and it's meant to be one of those kind of in the vein of like Forrest Gump kind of thing oh. but it's just but it's just really oh, it's really much it's difficult to describe because you have to kind of see it to really understand because on paper if you read the synopsis and stuff it doesn't sound like it's a you know terrible terrible film but you have to really kind of like you know watch it to believe it but yeah well, out, out of the eight of us who voted which is us five richard hawes Suze, and david only i think two people seen it and that was yourself and Suze, and it was both your worst film of the year wow. really yep. yeah mm, yeah I'd urge, I'd, I'd, I'd urge you guys to watch it just to, to kind of like you know not not not, not not to waste a couple of hours of your life, but you know, just to see if you think agree that it's a pretty damn terrible film. No, I, I genuinely watching. remember Mark Kermode reviewing it and saying it was it was appalling. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you're yeah. right. I think that was what got Colin Trevorrow sacked from um, Star Wars, and the fact apparently he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> which which yeah. Star Wars movie was he meant to be doing? Was it was it the last year? No, the next one. Yeah, no, the next yeah, one. episode nine. Oh, the, the one that JJ's taken over. Joy. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get a version of Return of the Jedi, no doubt. <laughs> Ray, I am your father. Anyway, number four, or yeah, joint fourth is <laughs> Alien Covenant. I don't think that film was that bad at all. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but I, I found it very hour. disappointing. I first hour. Yeah, biggest. How could you be disappointed? It, it's the sequel to Prometheus. I really like I mean, Prometheus. Have... I really yeah, like Prometheus. Prometheus was, was dumb. It was no redeeming features in Prometheus. It was a great pure nothing. sci-fi film. There's, no, there's nothing in this. There's how is no it, it a pure Blade Runner is a great pure sci-fi mm. film. Prometheus literally doesn't obey its own universe. Yeah, I agree with that. It, there is yeah. not one point in Prometheus where, it's, where it's, it obeys its own logic. At least Alien Covenant has a fucking alien in it. Yeah, but Barely, even but. so, it was it was absolutely. T- it's like taking it's like re- you talk about reboots and remakes like with, with Force Awakens. This was basically a remake of Alien with a few more in, and they'll stick a bit of aliens in there as well. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely awful. Can I ask a question? Was it yeah. genuinely awful, or was it just that your expectations were of a different film? Because no. for me. No, my expectations. No, I, I went in with this with no expectations at all. Like, really? After really? You went into a film with Alien in the title with yeah. no expectations. I, I, I genuinely don't believe that. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just being <laughs> so controversy. But I genuinely don't believe anyone could go into an Alien film without ex. I even went into Alien versus Predator Two with expectations. So do, do you guys think it's worse than Alien versus Predator in those films? No. No. It's no. the. No. It's, it's the right. fourth best I mean, alien. Film. Alien vs. Predator 2 is the, is the worst. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll turn that off after yeah. 10 minutes, so I didn't even bother watching that. It's the, the, first, the first Alien vs. Predator was average. This. Really bad. No, this was, honestly, I thought it was absolutely. I think on my list, this was the second worst film I've seen this year on my personal no, list. Uh, it, it's no not. way. I, no way. It, this, honestly, is honestly, this is the this fourth. That's the fourth film. alien, the fourth best alien film. Uh, Stephen, why why do you think it was ranked so low? Because it, it it did nothing new. It 
It was exactly the same as Alien, and but just worse. Surely it's all about the Android, though. It's a completely different take on that. Yeah, but even even that didn't didn't, we didn't work for me. No, yeah, it wasn't needed. I mean, the only the, the, my favorite bit of the film was when the sh- the original the Paradise ship got to the planet, and basically David wiped every fucker out. That mm. one scene worked. The rest of it didn't at all. I mean, especially, you, oh, we'll, we'll just change it up. So now we've got aliens jumping out of the back and, you know, coming out of people's heads and, or whatever. It, again, it doesn't stick to its own rules that were set in the original film. And but, uh, those rules haven't been... A, it's tough with prequels because have those rules been established yet? Because bear in mind, you're not talking... Um, again, I'm not trying to overly justify this. Yeah. Um, but you're not talking about a, the same species that was Set in... Rule. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can't... You can't These have been crit- created by David, haven't they? Yeah, it's, you can't criticise for not obeying the rules of a film that hasn't happened yet when it's it's showing the evolution of how it gets there. I think that's a bit harsh. It, it, yeah, but it doesn't help that up. every single human makes dumb mistakes throughout the film and oh, you know that, and, and no, doesn't yeah, act yeah, like yeah. seasoned no, professionals no, that they're meant to be. I, I love the whole of, let's go into let oh look, something weird's going on. Let's go into different rooms. Let's mm, go our own separate yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it now. Yeah. How many times? Moving on. Okay, now we're getting we're getting really into the shit now. Mass pa- okay. might pass it straight over. Straight over to you. Yeah. Okay. We're, on? we're on number three. Okay, this was uni- these films were universally reviled, but this one in particular really struck a chord with the guys on the show. What is it, Josh? Fucking personal shopper. You've got oh this. Oh my god! <laughs> it I is. didn't watch this because of you. I had this to watch, and I was like, "You rubbished it so much." When I was last on, I was like, "Now fuck." That. It's it's a girl who's a personal shopper for a model in France, but she goes over there because her twin brother died, and she wants to talk to his ghost because she's also a bit of an. Not an exorcist, but... Um, medium. Yeah, medium. medium. Um, and she communicates with him, and then she gets weird texts from someone. And then there's a 20-minute scene where she's on the train to England to pick up a dress, where a guy keeps messaging her. And literally the whole time, it's just this phone call. And then she goes to back to France, masturbates in the dress of the model. Um, the model gets killed. All of, a sudden, goes, all of a sudden, I'm interested. She goes um, into a hotel... Oh. And then um, the it turns out it's a model's ex-boyfriend. He leaves. She then goes to India, I believe, to then talk to her brother, who's a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> sounds amazing. Oh, but this was this was the amazing. film where I got the nickname uh, Christian Stewart Nipples because my girlfriend apparently <laughs> yeah. thinks my nipples look like Christian Stewart's. That, I mean, genuinely, that's something I didn't need to know. No, we've all, we've all seen uh, it. Yeah. yeah. No, it was... Yeah, it I, was I didn't watch this. Beyond Demon Bad. It was that bad. Oh, I completely I was, agree. Hold on a sec. Something is about to happen. So that was number three. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit so disturbed now. I can think of two particularly bad films, and I know one I film think of one. You, guys, you guys have voted that you would have voted the worst film of the year. So that means one of my worst two films of the year is not going to get on this list. Even it's one of my two worst films of the year is going to be beaten by fucking everything on this list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now oh. I'm disturbed. Yeah, well, welcome to my world. 
Right. Yep. So our number two is the summer blockbuster that everyone wanted to see. The toy that every kid definitely wanted. It was Transformers The Last Night. Now. Wow. Isn't it just fucking appalling? It was, I mean, yeah. it's actually less worse than the last one, to be no, fair. No, this is the worst. No, 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 no. It's not, and I'll tell you why it's not, because this film didn't stop for 10 minutes so a character could justify statutory rape. This film didn't do that, and because yeah, it didn't and... do that, it's infinitely <laughs> better than the last one. Yeah, and it's it also didn't spend shit. two minutes um, trying to sell beatbox pills, or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the, the, the last one, and I can't remember the name of it, no one can. Oh, it's the, it was the dinosaur one. Yeah. Age yeah. of Extinction? Age, yes. Yeah, they, yeah. Thank you. Age of Extinction is up there with not only the worst film ever made, but the, the most vile film ever made. This isn't that bad, but fucking hell. I actually cried when Anthony Hopkins came on screen. I was like, I, I thought, could we not have just done a Kickstarter and got that amount of money that you <laughs> earned so you didn't have to be in this film? Because I would have. I cried. I cried as soon as that stupid fucking Transformer butler turned up. Oh. <laughs> I mean, look. Let's work through the Transformers films, right? The first one was really good. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It wasn't really good. It was good. Yeah. The second. No, the second one. The second one had racist robots. Yeah. The third one. Yeah. Robot, the third one had robots with testicles. The fourth one yeah. justified statutory rape. I mean, and all of them generally had Michael Bay sticking his camera up a girl's backside. Now, in the subject of Hollywood in the current climate that we've had this year, I'm fucking gobsmacked that Michael Bay hasn't made that list yet. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. He was hemorrhaging money in bribes. I mean, genuinely, whoever that guy's lawyer is and fucking PR person, they're doing a great job because yeah. I am gobsmacked that he has not been... Because literally, oh, maybe, maybe it's because he does everything on screen. Maybe I was going to say, it. that's why, because then yeah. all of us as an audience would be like, oh shit, we feel quite guilty we but, didn't say but anything. seriously, when Kevin Spacey came out, I cried a little bit. I was like, oh fuck. I mean, yeah. I always knew he was a bit of a cop, but it's Kevin Spacey. Mm. And you sit here and you go, oh, and then John, all these amazing names. Like, and, and then you keep going, well, at some point Michael Bay's going to come up, isn't he? Isn't he? No, something happened with um the actress in the first film, didn't they? Yeah, fell Megan, out Fox, or Megan Fox had to um, audition by washing his car or something, you know, in, in a bikini. Meg, what did Megan Fox say? Something along the lines of it was like what, like so working she, with Hitler, like working with Hitler, and yeah. you know, Steven Spielberg obviously took offence, yeah. but you kind of go, well, again, mm, you know, she's got a point. Mm. Even yes. Hitler's saying, fucking hell, that's a bit harsh, lads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, so, Mike, what is the worst film of the year? You know, I, I kind of hate you a little bit because I had to actually go and watch this in a cinema. Um, on your own? Purely, purely, yes, on my own, on my fucking own. It was actually worse than was going it? to see. You know, you know when you used to say that you had to go to see Disney movies on your own, you know, on a Sunday afternoon in front of all the kids. Um, it, it was kind of like that. Having to go and see. Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, so I thought Mother would have been on this list. Nope. Um, there's only one person who voted that down, and that was myself. And yeah, um, no one else has watched it because of Suze, his uh, uh, Suze yeah. had it on her top list, and David originally had it on his top list, but then it got bumped off. 
but yeah. Oh, okay. So I so so because obviously you've I've heard you guys talk about this. So my fear was mother was going to be at number one, and no one would have ever kind of no one would else would have seen Fifty Shades of fucking horrific shit. Mm, no, I'm happy didn't. now. You know, mm. weird. I'm I'm quite happy because I've not seen the top two, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Haven't you? <laughs> you've you've been let off very lightly this, this year. Oh, yeah, so. I, have. I, I have made I have made some very true choices, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> what was your number one, Steve? By the way, the worst personal shopper. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But, but, um, so yeah, Fifty Shades Dark is just like the dialogue is horrific. The bit that I was literally in tears laughing at when me and my girlfriend got shushed was when she walks in and he's on the. Um, was it? It's gymnastic equipment. The oh, horse yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just like working out and doing all that. And I just, I just burst into tears. And then when they think he's dead and then he's turned up, it's just, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's delicious. I mean... It's mm, give me, give me more of this shit because it's delicious shit. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the, the my story with Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. So really quickly, it's the what I, I kind of downloaded it, the dodgy version of, wasn't going to pay for it. Um, Korean version, and then it wasn't until about three quarters of the way through I realised I was watching a version without the sex scenes. <laughs> so, so imagine Fifty Shades of Grey without the sex scenes, and then I was like, nothing's going to be as bad as Fifty Shades of Grey without the sex scenes. Fucking hell, Fifty yeah, Shades is. Darker managed it because not only were the sex scenes so vanilla, they could have been on fucking Blue Peter, but they, and also, can you ever think of a screen couple? That have so much sex but so little chemistry. Mm. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, she could be making out with a mannequin for the amount of chemistry that they have in that film. It's I, I think that silence thing, then basically. sums it all. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wasted oh, energy. Like, do you know what? So so like the last few years, my worst films of the year have alternated between Transformers. And Fifty Shades, and this year, like Fifty Shades, actually beat Transformers, and you kind of think, "Wow, there's a world where there's a film worse than Transformers." The thing with Transformers is at least you can laugh at it. I yeah. mean, genuinely, you, you could you could you can rip the piss out of it while you're watching, have a few beers with your mates, and just you know feel totally socially superior to that piece of crap. See, but with but the 50 thing 50 with Shades... Transformers is that if it always makes my list because of the length. So if you cut oh, it by 40 minutes but still had the exact same quality, it probably wouldn't make my top 10 because I'd think, okay, at least it's like an hour 40, an hour 50. It, but it when it's like nearly took, three hours... Yeah, it literally mm. took 40 minutes before any semblance of a story started to, to appear. Which, you know. And with 50 Shades, it took an hour and 45 minutes before <laughs> any semblance of a story. Do you know what? I genuinely... Would I say to someone down the pub once, I, I said, do you know what? I genuinely wouldn't even bother wanking over this film. You it's couldn't so wank. This is it. You couldn't wank to it anyway, because any sort of sex scene is so fleeting. You know, by the time you sort of fumbled with your bloody zip, it's over. You, know, you, you might as well just sort of stand there sort of with it out, waiting for the next one. The sex scene or the wank? Both. <laughs> okay. Honestly, honestly like, like if, if there's any person out there that genuinely gets turned on by that, email me because I will send you some links on Pornhub that will blow your fucking mind. <laughs> Phil, 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 I'm emailing you now. You I'm emailing you now. Yeah, I will show you shit dwarfs <laughs> that will make your eyes water. The Kevin Spacey collection. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's recap the worst ten films of the year as voted by the Smoking Lamb family. Number ten, The Dark Tower. Number nine, Underworld Blood Wars. 
Number eight, The Mummy. Seven, Assassin's Creed. Six, Pirates of the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge. Five, The Book of Henry. Four, Alien Covenant. Three, Personal Shopper. Two, Transformers the uh, Last Night. No, they said The Worst Night. And our (laughs) worst film of the year is Fifty Shades Darker. (sighs) We got, what's the the next one coming out in January or so? Yeah, so tune in to um, The Smoking Lambs Worst List next year. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no Transformers films. So I would I would confidently say it's the third film of a trilogy that no one wants and no Transformers film to kind of run against. It's pretty much dead. I mean, we might not even bother next year doing this list because it's kind of there already. We'll see, though. Who knows? It could be a surprise. We could be saying... This year's the, best film, Fifty we, we, Shades. We would probably end up putting like a DC film on there, to be honest, but hey Ooh. Join the herd at thesmokinglamb.com. And we're going to talk about Star Wars. I didn't. I don't know if I have to do the Smoking Lamb or not, but we're going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. And it's going to be a spoiler review. So if you haven't seen the film, don't listen to this bit because that would be really, really silly. So... Let's talk Star Wars The Last Jedi. What did we think, people? Well, well, on, on the subject of spoilers, can I just say, fuck you, Variety. Because... I did, <laughs> did, did they do like a... Den, so I've had to unsubscribe from... I can't remember what publication it was. It's not Den of Geek, it's another one. But for that reason on Facebook, that every fucking film that comes out, spoiler in the title. And you're like, seriously? It's been out a day. What did Variety spoil? Well, so Variety... <laughs> um. So they did an article, and since then they corrected it and then said spoilers. But the main <laughs> ones was that uh, Yoda. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Yep, and that's that, a massive spoiler. Yep, yeah, and also um, hinted that basically you wouldn't be seeing Snoke as well. Right. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, oh my fun. god. Yeah. That's fine if you put that it's a spoiler po- a spoiler article, but if it's just a review, I mean, okay, there is an argument oh, to say. Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna you're gonna get more annoyed at his response. So everyone was saying like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing this?" And his response was, "Critics don't spoil films; only directors do." Oh, yeah, only But there is one point I will say here: if you don't want to have a film spoiled. Don't fucking read a review, because even if, even reviews that say we are not a spoiler review gives away something. So I watched one yeah. trailer for the Last Jedi, just one, right? <clears throat> and my wife managed to do a spectacular job. Of, it came on trailer TV uh, spot came on TV, and I said, "I turn it off. I don't want to see it." And literally, because she was like, "Oh why? You've already seen the trailer." Literally, two seconds later, Luke Skywalker walks into the Millennium Falcon. I was like, "Brilliant! That shot's not in the fucking trailer." So yeah. I've now had one of the best moments of the film spoiled. Oh, see, see, my, my stance on spoilers generally is spoilers are information that the studio does not want you to know going into the film. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that's true because if you look at track, if you look at I can't remember what film it was, but a couple of years ago, literally the last shot of the film was in the trailer. In the trailer, yeah. yeah. And, and that a, happens a lot. A lot. Of, yeah, a lot of films nowadays seem to be have a whole plot in the trailer, like it's a synopsis <laughs> in about two minutes no but yeah. I'd, I'd rather that though like because the trailer for um blade runner 2049 one of the reasons why i believe that didn't do as well is 
yeah, the trailers are well and good. Gave nothing to the plot away. Like, no one knew what was happening. So you can't then sell a film on, <laughs> oh, yeah, good images. Like, people want to know what it's about. And that's going to intrigue people. I mean, didn't that film effectively not work because it's a sequel to a film that literally everyone now thinks is overrated? I also think it's the marketing. I think the marketing was incredibly poor because so it's a many shame people. Though, it's a fucking brilliant well, film. Well, well it, it worked. Yeah, well, the, it was so poor to the point where I actually had a colleague from work who thought Blade Runner was a biopic about Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> that's how bad the marketing oh, oh. was. Wow. Jeez. I mean, that's that's that's. I think that guy needs some help. If I'm yeah. honest, uh, yeah. it was a female. Oh, shadow of a doubt. Well, I think uh, she needs some help. As if you just assume someone's gender, Phil. Come on, this is 2017. Anyway, anyway, we're doing anyway, a typical Phil Hobden that, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, we're not even talking talk about Star Wars yet at all. It was good. Let's move on. <clears throat> yep, yep, that's your review. Um, now, we'll, we'll do yeah. person by person. So, we'll let Stephen, what are your favourite moments of it? So, you, you're just going to focus on your favourite moments. Right, okay. The, um, the Snoke Room. Snoke room. Yeah. Um, the ending, but the last battle was on the salt planet was absolutely fantastic. Love the color scheme of. I, I've always yeah. got a big like boner for like blood and snow, and this was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. The action scene though, it wasn't really an action scene. It was kind of a. It was more of a, a, a standoff, shall we say? A character scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's but... not a criticism. I think it's fucking brilliant that they. Yeah. Had the balls to do that. Yeah. Kind of remind me of like Civil War in a bit, where they they kind of toned it down and just let the characters go on with it rather than have big explosions, smashy, smashy thing. I mean, there was a bit of that in there as well, but don't get me wrong. Um, <clears throat> I think they're the two major standouts for me. Um, I mean, we probably haven't all... Sorry, Josh, to jump over you, but we haven't actually all said if we like it or not. Just well, in- well, we're going to like all say... So we're going to, like, together mismatch a review. So Stephen said his favourite moments. Oh, okay. um, oh, I like it. Ricky, what were your least favourite moments? What didn't work for you? Least favourite? Well, I, I write a list of four and against. So <laughs> so just read I've the against. Some... Yeah, I've got a long list. Um, <laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> um, the thing that, got, that really bugged me the most was the, the tone and the humour in it. That really, really pissed me off. Um, especially I remember the, the, the beginning of the film where they have General Hux and they do that kind of like cool joke where like oh holding holding and I was just like rolling my eyes just like come on now come on now and then the rest of the film I don't think in the cinema that I was in it was packed and I don't think I heard anyone laugh at any of the jokes throughout the film and I think one of the biggest problems I had is a lot of the there was a lot of really slapstick comedy going on before really good dramatic kind of conversation and tension and it just like just threw me all over the other you know threw me out of the film um the other bit i didn't like was the basically the whole scene in the casino part which i just which was basically it was basically to me it reminded me of the sequels and then you had the whole kind of animal rights thing the whole kind of capitalism thing being shoved down your throat I don't think it added anything to the plot either. I don't. Th- I think you could have cut that scene out, um, that whole thing, and that would have cut the film down, which was my problem as well. It was slightly long. If you'd have cut that bit out, it would have made it a lot easier. Um, there's other bits I could go on, but I'll, they were they were the, my main two gripes. 
um, across the whole of the film, the, the tone, the comedy, and that that particular seg- segment as well, with everything tacked on with that. Okay, I will go on performances. So my favourite performance in the film was that of Kylo's. I thought, considering a lot of um, people's problem that he yeah. came across a needy, whiny emo in the first one, which I thought that was <laughs> one of his, his greatest points. Yep. I think they added on that. I think they, you know, we have someone who's so powerful, but he's clearly just, at least mentally, a teenager. He's so emotionally unstable. Um, him, The scenes with him and Ray were perfect. So yeah. I thought Kyle was the best one for me. Um, Mark Hamill, yeah. Luke, great. was great as well. He was great. Yeah. I, I I'd actually say, sorry, Joe, I'd actually say it's probably, controversially, both Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill's best work in the Star Wars I, I, yeah. I didn't really like Carrie Fisher in it, and I'll get on, I'll get on to her scene oh. in a minute. Yeah, oh, that that scene. Yeah, <clears throat> I, thought, I thought the the Ray, Kylo, and Luke kind of thing through throughout the film. I thought that was really well done. That was my kind of favorite yeah. part of the film because going back to kind of crisscrossing to stuff I didn't like. I, I didn't like the main plot. That was kind of a bit boring. They're like running out of fuel kind of thing. Oh, see, well, I, the whole I really like that. See, I, I, I like that as well. Yeah, it gave the film a sense of urgency well yeah. to me it, it made it feel like war in the sense that like i know rogue one was a war film but the other Star Wars films aren't but this one it, it felt more tactical in war you know provisions play a huge part of one it's like right we run out of fuel yeah. we need to do this we yeah. need to do that so it felt more strategy based and i know some people were like oh typical like they've just blown up um star killer base and um snokes ready and waiting but it, it says it in you know it, it makes sense like the resistance is a small number of people and they've exposed themselves. They now know where they are and they've blown up a base, but now, uh, you know, Snoke has a vast army and he now can, he, they've now like exposed themselves. So he goes straight in there straight away. Cause I'd say the, yeah. the time difference isn't a great thing in that you never really know the flow of time, but I'd say the, from when the force awaken ends and last Jedi begins minus, you know, the race scene, I'd say maybe what, Couple of days, oh, yeah, if, yeah. If that, yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. probably even less than that. It's probably, probably like a day. And I yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, Star Wars films we normally have huge gaps. So again, I like that. Um, but yeah, Mark okay, Hamill's yeah, performance, Caliban. Yeah. I quite like hooks. I I liked how they use hooks this Ugh. time. Oh um, God, I hated it. It was I improvement it. on the last one. It was. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Still, it was, but it. I still. Ah, <laughs> uh, still. In, it still in, irked me that they started it with started the film with them. In general, yeah. I think. Everything in terms of kind of the character work was an improvement on the oh, last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like Leia was better than she was. You know, Luke obviously you didn't fucking yeah. see him in the last one, but you know, even <laughs> Ray, even Ray was less annoying. Um, yeah. you know, Kylo Ren was less annoying. Hux was less annoying. I do still fucking hate him as a character though. Um, I just thought the character work. Was, the, That's what I thought. I thought the act, acting and character work was a step <clears> on this film. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. only problem. The, do you know what the biggest problem I had was? It felt like a reboot of a reboot. In that you know everything JJ did in Force, Force Awakens, they basically he, uh, Ryan Johnson undid. So he basically asked Snoke, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll kill him." Um, yeah, Skywalker saber moment. They just tossed it over his shoulder, that kind of thing. Yeah. That set up. It, the parents like re- thing was just like a kind of oh they're no one and ah, yeah, but, 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 I, I do understand why they did that I like that I did like that I'm just saying that some people no, have said I, but, I I think that's a lot of bollocks I think he's just said that to throw her off oh see I, see I, see I, I, I don't, I don't because no, I don't 
I, no, I've watched I'm it again. I've seen it twice now. And he doesn't reveal who they are. He says, you know who your parents are. And she goes, they're no one. He never says it. He says, you know it's true. Who are your parents? And she just goes, they're no one. They, they weren't anyone. Yeah, she's basically just buried the kind of buried the memories kind of thing. No, there's got to be a connection somewhere. There's no way she's just. No, I, I 100%. I think that last shot of the film is justification that it's not. That shot, which is the kid that's got force powers. I think I think the whole thing is just related to that. What what um, Snoke said when he said, you know, for every, every time a, a villain rises, a hero will rise. And, you know, it's that balance in the force that there's always a, a strong good guy and a strong bad guy. And I actually think that scene at the end with the, the, the Jedi kid, I think that's actually key to actually there isn't, you know, her parents. are. If it is, if JJ reboots the reboot of his reboot, I might kick him in the okay. fucking head. Because... Yeah, because going back to what you're saying about the reboot thing is I got the impression, too, that a lot of the stuff that JJ had laid the groundwork for kind of was... Not necessarily discarded, but it was kind of like it's like he, he decided to do his own film, and it's yeah. that's one of my criticisms. Is <laughs> as a whole trilogy, I, I'm I'm not quite sure how the continuity is going to work across the whole three and tone it's not. story. I mean, and it's not because they, hmm. they seem to have the first film was like right, we'll bring Harrison Ford back. One film, do Luke die? This one was basically Luke comes back. Oh, he's going to die. One film for him, and for all intents and purposes, the plan was from reading between the lines that Leah, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher was going to have a big role in the last film. So yeah. she'd probably done that one as well, which makes it kind of like them kind of pandering to the, the old guard and the old knee. And it just makes it a bit obvious what they were going to do. Like, Oh, everyone gets a chance to shine in each film, but as a trilogy and a continuity, it doesn't have a great story because the original was all about a fable and it kind of misses that kind of someone having a well, control. No, the... No. The, the first film is very standalone. Yeah, but yeah. once they've done that, then it's a whole kind of, you know, George Lucas, though, had the whole vision for the whole three is what I mean. Well, this one, it gets the impression. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I, I have to pick film. you up on that because I don't <clears> think he did. If he did, then that moment where Luke and I think that's a I think that's a, a George Lucas view out of history. The moment where Luke and Leia actually snog in Empire Strikes Back, even though it's a kind of a, you know, Ha ha! Piss off, Han. If if Lucas had a plan, that would never have happened. Yeah. I don't I don't think Lucas did plan it. However, I think in reflection, this trilogy will be even more disjointed than the original trilogy yeah, was. That's what I'm trying to get. It's not a, a trilogy. It's three separate films that Lucas has tried to up on each one. Mm. Um. So one thing that I think some people complain about, and I like it, but then. There's one little thing that I wish there was just one line about was Snoke. You know, we didn't really get yep. anything on Snoke. And I'm like, I don't mind that because, you know, in the original trilogy, we didn't know anything <laughs> about the Emperor. However, the one thing that I'm like, I'd... if this was a standalone three set films that had nothing to do with an overarching universe, I wouldn't mind that. But then my issue is, OK, you've got Snoke who I'm pretty sure is older than 30. Guys, can we make that assumption? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, so my gripe is, OK, you've got this powerful being but um he was never mentioned by the emperor by vader by yoda obi-wan yeah. so that's my only gripe you've got this powerful being that he wasn't mentioned at all and if there was just and something about that, like, even that he was so powerful he I remained know. hidden just one one line i would have been fine but or 
Is he um, thingy? The actual... Oh, shit, what's he called now? Plagueis. Plagueis. That he mentions in the prequels, the one who, who doesn't yeah, die. Yeah, Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis, yeah. Yeah, yeah even, he, even... That, to me, would have worked. It would have done. And I, again, and this for me is indicative of, of the J of the reboot of the reboot. It's it's re, uh, Ryan Johnson. Turn, I don't know why I keep calling him Ryan, fucking idiot. Uh, Ryan Johnson turning around once again and going, nah, fuck it. Don't really care about that. And you know what? He's right. Yeah. The way they, the reason they killed Snoke and kind of Kylo Ren's whole um, kill the past thing was yeah. actually really strong. And he yeah. came across much yeah. less like a fucking... Um, teenager getting puberty in this film and it actually came across as a decent character um so i i I don't disagree with why they did it but yeah i kind of i kind of think it would have been nice to know who he was um it would be nice if one of the threads had paid out from yeah like even even like ray seemed to be really upset about han han's yeah, you know, the, the fact that Kylo killed Han, and in reality, she knew him for what two days. Yeah. Oh yeah, He's but then, then you've got fucker, the but then you got the plot hole of when they were calling Mars Kanado <laughs> and like, wait, so Poe's never met him, uh, met Mars yet. Finn, in the ten minutes he met her, got her phone number. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, do we have phones in 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 this galaxy? Is that is that well, ju- judging yeah. by the beginning joke? Then apparently you do. Yes. Yeah. Answering yes. machines. Well, yeah. Um... That, that was. A bit... I I <clears throat> oh, I disagree with the humor thing though. I think the humor thing did work with exceptions. Yes. Pogs. Except... Pogs were amazing. Can we all agree? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. I, I I I like. And that. the caretakers like were good. The caretakers yeah. were good. Caretakers were funny. Yeah. That, I mean, that look when Ray. Uh, slices the stone and it hits the car and and they look up and there's no dialogue <laughs> at all but but you kind of sit there and you just I just busted my I busted oh, even, up. I think all I the mean, moments with um, Mark Hamill like the first bit where he throws lightsaber over his shoulder love that moment and when yeah. he's teaching yeah. uh, Ray he's like reach out and he gets a leaf and yeah, starts that in that like, oh my god I can feel it he's like really this has never happened before but for every moment like that there was a Carrie Fisher Force myself back to the room. Every audience, I say every audience. Both audiences I've watched it with, like, started laughing. It's. Do you know what? It's. It's a brilliant moment if there was some setup for it. And again, not wanting to hark on about the reboot of the reboot thing. If if you'd have given some indication in one of the other films that she had some power other than the kind of little bit of knowing that you know about telekinesis or whatever yeah yeah just something like they could have shown a little bit in force awakens that she kind of but again it came out of nowhere just like pulling a gun just like kind of like pulling a gun from someone you like a little bit of like absolutely something something really subtle like that oh and you go oh wow she can actually do something surely with carrie fisher would be pulling a drink towards her wouldn't it yeah (laughs) i'm sorry too soon come on (laughs) but um yeah to me i I think you could have done the exact same bit less she's like everyone else floats out but like even if it's something like she creates a force bubble, I would have thought was less cheesy than the floating through space and then Superman. Nah, nah, nah. But, <laughs> because I thought she was dead. Then, then she kind of like does it. It's like if she'd have done it straight away, then I'd have been like, oh, okay. But the this film, then, like, it sounds like, like hating on it, but like for every that, uh, Carrie Fisher flying through space moment, you get um, the relationships between Kylo and Ray. You know, for every bad yeah. plot to do with the uh, okay, either yeah. the waste of. Um, Del Toro, 
or the uh, oh, Finn storyline. You you is. you get the throne room scene. You get uh, Luke's relationship. You get Luke drifting off in space. You get Luke and Yoda. You get Snoke yeah. and Snoke's death and the guards. So I think this film is the most ballsiest Star Wars film ever because its highs, I think, are some of the highest ever in the franchise. But its lows, really low, do get pretty low. Can I ask a question? To, can I ask a question to everyone? Um, is, is anyone still kind of annoyed that we still don't know how the first order came to power and they just seem to yeah. just be there? 100%. That, that and, bugged me quite a bit still. And say, not, not so much the Snoke thing, but, but how Snoke no, came along like, with it all as well. And yeah, but whilst, said that, uh, we didn't find out about the Empire until the prequels, really. You know what I mean? It's just the Empire were there and blah blah blah. They just cracked yeah. on. I agree. I, I, it's you don't need. I don't. I don't think you need it. <laughs> I, I. I think they, what they've, the they've just risen from the ashes of the empire to become just like the empire of a new name. It's like when New Order formed from the ashes of Joy Division. It's exactly the same thing. But the, no the only argument I made there is that on the third, on, on kind of like the, the the third original trilogy film is that there it's happily ever after. So it's everything's great and you expect everything's going to be fantastic. So now you're coming to a a follow up film from that one. And therefore, suddenly, this first order. You want to? I want to know how that happened. Yeah, but when but you that, go yeah. back to the original film, it's like <laughs> it's the first time you've ever seen a film like that or that film. So you just go with it. You don't on, need Phil. to know the background. First turn. That's- no, I, I agree. I, I think that. And again, this is a problem with this this new trilogy. I think it's it explains nothing, and you can get away with explaining some things. But I I I need that hook as well. I need to know because for, uh, for all intents and purposes. In the last film, the rebellion still existed, even though the Republic had been founded and the Empire had been taken out, but the First Order was starting to rise. And you kind of go, well, if the Republic runs the government, the, the Emperor's the, and the Empire's gone, the First Order are effectively um, uh, kind of uh, like terrorists, effectively. You know, why then is there a... Re- Rebellion, and you start putting it all together. Yeah. And you go, actually, none of this shit hangs together. However, however, who needs shit to hang together when you've got Kylo Ren and Rey fighting badass red ninjas in a throne room? <laughs> what I like exactly. to imagine is exactly. what they do when no one's around. Like, yeah. do you reckon they just have banter? Like, you right, Kevin? How are you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, you know what? It fu- this fucking red outfit. It really gets up my ass crack. <laughs> But um, <laughs> so just before we do scores on the doors, um, Phasma once again, oh, oh. completely fucking wasted. It... Honestly, look, and again, it's the JJ reboot of the reboot thing. It's it's everything JJ set up in the first film. I'm surprised at one point Han Solo didn't come back and just go, "Ha, ah, I wasn't really dead." Because um, it was. I better like... bring back. You'll <laughs> bring back um, Snoke, probably. He will. I mean, you know, Luke's obviously going to come back in the next film. I think that goes without saying that we'll have a, a Luke Skywalker as a Force Ghost. On the yeah. subject of Force Ghosts, one thing that I didn't like, um, and I I respect them for using a puppet, but the Yoda puppet looks shit. The the no. first the first scene focuses too much on it, and it looked so bad. But then. Other bits, when it was a bit closer, it looked better. <clears throat> and so, also, when did when did Force Ghost get the ability to strike? They're 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 doing a little bit of this is all starting to feel a little bit um, 
trying to think what it basically it's like a universe where there there's a set of rules and then all of a sudden mm. they're they're changing the rules to suit they're what they want. The rules, yeah, mm. which is fine. The story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and this is it's odd because in this film, for the most part, the characters drove the story rather than the story driving yeah. the characters, which is great. Yeah. But that Yoda bit, albeit it was awesome seeing Yoda again, I was just kind of like, hmm, yeah, yes, it was cool, but. I don't understand how it works. Yeah, because since when have ghosts been able to have an impact on anything, apart yeah. from just standing there offering advice or something like that? They've never exactly. actually had a victim of the physical world, so to speak. No. But anyway, um, scores and doors, gentlemen. I'll go first. Seven. Stephen? Seven and a half. Oh. Phil? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Personal bug bet. Um... Uh, it's an eight. It's for me. It's the fourth best Star Wars film. Just. I'm gonna go eight point one seven three recurring. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you sir are a twat. Oh, by the way, um, it turns I out I love you. But you're a twat. <laughs> turns out that Jar Jar Binks is Snoke. Oh, do you know what? Even that would have been satisfying. Even that, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It, at least it's something. You know, to be fair, if Jar Jar, if they have taken off their fucking red helmets and underneath was Jar Jar Binks and he was a Sith red ninja, I would have kind of gone, yeah, okay, I'll go with that. But yeah, so average is out about, we'll say 7.75 is the average. Yeah. I still, well, just out of interest, just quickly, um, guys. It's not going to be just it? quickly. It's not going to be quickly, is it? No, 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 it is. But where do you put it? I mean, it's literally like a couple of word answer. Where do you put it in the Star Wars films? Which number do we rate it as? Like I said, I'll for put, me, fourth. Yeah, I just put it for, just above The Force Awakens. Yeah, I've probably got something. Just purely right. because it's something, purely because it's something different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Josh? Top three. Oh, are you are you evicting Return of the Jedi? Yeah, Return of the Jedi is like the third from bottom. No. What the? Okay, so right now, oh, now have, this is going to be a longer before. conversation. Give me your list of Star Wars films in order. Okay, so bottoms Attack of the Clones, then yeah, Phantom fair. Menace, yeah. then Return of the Jedi. You're then already wrong. But, yeah. I will go with Force Awakens. Yeah. Then hold on. No, oh, sorry, sorry. No. Then Rogue One. Then Force Awakens. Then Revenge. Then New Hope. Then Last Jedi. Empire. Ooh. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things that are wrong about that statement that we're going to have to do another podcast down the road just to discuss it. Bring it. Bring oh, it, bitch. Oh, oh. Well, I'll, I'll quickly do mine then. So I'm going to go Empire, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, um, Last uh, Jedi, Rogue One, Force Awakens, then Revenge, uh, Phantom Menace, Clones. It's, and that is the right order. Well done, sir. Oh, blow each other. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but it is the right order. I mean, I think Rogue One's better than Force Awakens. Yeah, I think even though Force Awakens is good, and I think um, Return of the Jedi is still the third best Star Wars film because it's fucking amazing. It's the most action-packed. It's the f- it's up until now it's the funniest. Right, it's got I'm, I'm I'm cutting this bit in ten seconds. So ten, <laughs> nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. 
You can keep speaking, but you've got 10 seconds oh, to finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go. You're wrong, Josh. You know you're wrong. Just go and sit and watch Disney. Jedi has, has, has the best throne room scene. I mean, in terms of tension and... Yeah. And it has the Yub Yub song. And yub, that yub. is time. Yub Yub. Yub Yub. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Smoking Lamb. Okay, so... There's a tradition, and Josh knows this tradition. There's a tradition when I used to do film exploitation that every year we do our end of year podcast. And this year, I did it last year, even though we weren't doing film exploitation anymore, and I just couldn't be bothered to do it this year. So I thought I'd join you guys and and um, and basically bring over my favourite feature, which was my end of year awards. So this is the unofficial, or is it the official? What is it, Josh? Is this the official or unofficial smoking? This is the lamp? official. The official. Ooh. Do I get some nice like music as well? Like award show music in the background. It's Phil's award show. Na, 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 na. So anyway, so here are my alternative end of year awards for 2017. So some of these are serious, some of these are fun, some of these are well, you know, funny, hopefully. Who knows? So, uh, my first award, uh, there's about 20 of them, so I am going to... Oh, Jesus them. Christ, we should have challenged. Oh, <laughs> oh, my word. Why, why did I think, like, oh, yeah, Phil, yeah, it was only going to be a few awards. That's fine. Have five exactly. minutes. I'm going to make it quick. Do we, so, do we get a chance of guessing? Or... Uh, you, I mean, yeah. if you want, some of them you can. Uh, let's go. You can, okay. I'll tell you the ones you can guess. So, this is a right. guessable one. Most entertainingly bad film of the year? Transformers. Justice League. Pirates. Geostorm. Okay. Right. Yeah. It, it was fun. It was fun. So, and the uh, the second award, the Gerard Butler Award for consistently making entertainingly terrible films, goes to Gerard Butler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first uh, award he's ever got, isn't it? Just someone coming out next year, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's just awesome. Uh, he won it last year as well for Gods of Egypt, um, oh, which was entertainingly oh, terrible. Um, it also won the award last year for a film that's made a hundred times better if you watch it on an iPad on the train award. <laughs> so uh, the surprise of the year award goes to um, anyone that's left standing in Hollywood after uh, a year of death and scandal. I mean, there was a time this year where I thought death was going to take everyone. Then apparently uh, sexual abuse did. So <laughs> whoever didn't get killed basically molested someone this year. It was a pretty shit year to be in Hollywood. I think um, if... To me, if, if Tom Hanks gets named, then we should all just... Do, oh, fuck it. The whole know. world should if just Tom suicide pact. Yeah, if Tom Hanks gets named, then the whole fucking world ends. So the performance of the year award for the second year running goes to Mark Kermode um, for his oddly favourable re uh, reviews for his Friends movies. Uh, this year's he Murder on the Orient Express. Um, he just... Anytime he has someone on that he likes, he gives their film a favourable review. It's uh, a bit sad, really. Uh, the Just Fuck Off and Die Award goes to Michael Bay and Transformers. Uh, just stop now, please. Oh, like, spin-off. You know who's been more tolerable? Johnny Depp. Oh. It's been more tolerable this year. That's because he hasn't really been in much. Well, it, depends. So. it depends if you're a female going down. and you're married to him. Yeah. Um, I think that <laughs> would kind of... I think that would probably, you know... <laughs> Amber Heard, not so much. Everyone else, yes, we're fine. Um, so the least deserving critical bomb of the year, maybe ever, award goes to, guesses? Blade Runner. Oh, critical. Did you say critical bomb? Commercial. Oh, commercial. <clears throat> um, um, yeah. I'd go with Blade Runner. I'd probably say Blade Runner. Yeah, it's Blade Runner. I mean, yeah. Blade Runner was a beautiful film. Mm. I enjoyed it, even in the world's most uncomfortable cinema. Um, 
And it was fucking brilliant. And yet it flopped. Yeah. Which just shows audience have no... We, the people go, we want more intelligent films. Here's an intelligent film. Oh, I don't want to see it's that. It's three hours it. long. I haven't, you mean I have to sit through the first one? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but more people yeah. went to see Transformers, which was three hours long, than went yeah. to see Blade Runner. And you kind of think, you just want to get people's heads as they walk out the cinema and just smack them. Um, yeah. so, the, uh, the, so shit, can I still enjoy these films award? Goes to... Baby, Baby Driver, Driver, Sharks, Pulp Fiction, X-Men 2, Toy Story, <clears throat> pretty much all my favourite films. God damn you, Hollywood. What a shit year it's been. So the Andrew McKay Award for the year's biggest pervert goes to uh, both Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, that one was a late addition to the awards this year. Um, Sorry, Kevin Spacey and who? Harvey Weinstein. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Come In Your Time Is Up award goes to Zack Snyder. You made two good films. Everything else has been shit. Fuck off. Uh, Tied with Harvey Weinstein, you're a cunt, pure and simple. Um, Trailer of the Year goes to Logan Redband trailer, which I thought was very good. Was it that last Um, year? The Johnny Cash one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was cool. Very good trailer. Next, probably Blade Runner was the next best one, even though it didn't show anything. Um, Yes, it's good. I I, uh, disagree because... One, I think the logo one actually came out last year because that won our award last year. But um, for me, the trailer of the year, another X Men, was the uh, New Mutants one. I've not seen that. Mm. It is very good. I will have a look. Um, The Yes, It's Good, but come on, people. It's also about Emperor's New Clothes Award. Any ideas? Dunkirk. No. Blade Runner. Star Wars. No. Josh, what do you say? Blade Runner. No. Get Out. Mm. It it was fine, but it ain't the fucking best film of the year. Oh, okay, I thought you was telling no. me to get out after my Blade Runner. No, 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 no. Genuinely, <laughs> it was, yeah. um, so the low budget straight to DVD surprise of the year goes to Shot Caller, which okay. I think is a fucking phenomenal film. See it, it's great. I mean, it's not like what you expect it to be. Um, the Yes, see, we don't always fuck up award goes to DC Warner Brothers because they made a good film in Wonder Woman. And then the fuck we spoke to soon award goes to DC Warner Brothers for Justice League. <laughs> uh, the letdown of the year award goes to George Romero for not coming back as a zombie when he died. Uh, personally, I was quite gutted. A uh, cameo of the year award goes to Tim Curry's original Pennywise for popping up in it or being mm-hmm. briefly. Um, the uh, the future Kevin Spacey award, aka the proof that you can come back from horrible shit award, goes to Mel Gibson. Because apparently, yep. you know, time's a great healer. So Kevin Spacey, there is a chance. Because uh, after all, he made Hacksaw Ridge and Daddy's Home 2 this year. So yeah. Well, it goes um, a long way when you actually sort of own up to the, you know, the fact that you were a bit of a shit and actually apologise yeah. without using the word if in your apology. Yeah. yeah. Or, <laughs> oh, I'm gay. I'm sorry <laughs> if you got offended. Yeah. By the way, apparently, it, that I'm gay thing doesn't work. I got a parking ticket the other day. Apparently it doesn't work for that. <laughs> I tried to you complain have to McDonald's. Through, Phil. Yeah, I, I tried to work in get a, get a uh, complaint in McDonald's. Didn't work. Tried to get out of a tax bill. Apparently, I'm gay. Didn't work for that. So Kevin Spacey need to do a bit of a uh, bit of market research on that one. Um, the proof that award shows suck award goes to uh, the fact that um, the Oscars failed to either nominate or award I Daniel Blake Hunt for the World of People, Sing Street, Hello High Water. Jake Gillinghall, Cubo and the Two Strings, Silence, Amy Adams, and many, many more people who are much more deserving than the people that won this year. 
Um, and the proof that award shows don't suck award goes to um, it's La La Land. No Moonlight, no Titanic. No, it's me. It's the uh, it's the year that award shows couldn't decide quite what the fuck they were going to do. But and as a massive film fan who is in America when that happens, who works for the company that put that up, that 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 went great for me with all my friends messing me being like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's possibly was one of the best moments of the Oscars ever. Um, so the proof that not all remakes and reboots suck award goes to it for being very, very good. Mm. Um, and the last award goes to uh, the films that I should have that should have somehow been on my 2016 list, but I hadn't seen. So films that I missed last year that were really, really good. The Edge of 17, Girl with All the Gifts, Train to Busan, Deepwater Horizon, Kubo and the Two Strings, Sing Street, Hunt for the World of People, 13th and I, Daniel Blake. Were films that I just didn't see last year and I should have done. So that's it. Those are my awards. And I'm Thanks doing a personal award, which is Comeback Pos- Podcaster of the Year Award, and that goes to Phil Hobden. with with that in mind there will be a new podcast launching soon (laughs) okay some reaction would have been good (laughs) no no we're leaving that silence in (laughs) that that was proper awkward um that's like i touched your knee or something i'm even even exactly i knew i shouldn't even start It's taken me an hour and a half to remember that. Again, should I even bother you? Okay, I can can start this time. Um, So it's time for the main event of the show, even though it's not last, technically. It's the best 10 films of the year, as voted by the Smoking Lamb family. Same format as the worst, and I think it's a very good list. And so how it's worked is everyone's been sending me their picks so I could see this list form. And... David was last, and he gave me his original list, and then forgot of the new rule, well, not the new rule, the uh, old rule, that it's UK releases, so he added in a few films that I wouldn't add in, because it was like last year, but what he did, but he did, Um, and Phil, you're going to hate that you enforced that rule, because because of that, he um, ended up kicking out a few films that you would love to be in this list. Which film didn't make it? So I will reveal, and um, this film was prime for the ninth and 10 spot, but because David actually put it in his worst film list, Baby Driver got knocked out. Baby Driver is not in the top 10 of the year. That's criminal. I hate all of you. You're silly. But the souls came in space <laughs> Do you know what I, I? I think I discussed this, didn't I, in, in our in our kind of Facebook yeah. conversation group. It's yeah. really hard. Can you vote for a film to be your favourite film of the year when everything that's happened has happened? Mm-hmm. And it's it's ultimately it's still the best film of the year. Unfortunately, it's got Kevin Spacey in it. But you know, everyone else didn't vote for it because it feels wrong. Um. No, because of Kevin Spacey thing, because the film's very underwhelming. Um, I genuinely don't understand how people did not vote for that film. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Um, but one thing, so up up till David, it was great because no one had a film that was in their best that appeared in anyone's worst. And then David came, basically dropped his trousers and just shat on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I hated him. Fucked him up, fucked it up really bad. Um, 
And everyone, you'll be pleased to know that... Can we have just one second of silence? Okay. That Beauty and the Beast is not in the top ten either. Hey! Received one <laughs> one vote, cool. which is me, my film of the year, ten points. <laughs> hey, and then David... Not even, not even six? Nope. Um, and then David had it as his fifth worst, so it reduced it by five points. <laughs> Do you know what? I take, I take back what I said about David. I, I take it all back now. Okay, he's, so... The top bloke. Uh, joint... If, if you've got a joint, do you go for the... So we've got two films in 9 and 10. Do you say joint 10th or joint 9th? Yeah, yeah you say joint 10th, and the next okay. one's 8th. Okay, eighth, so yeah. joint 10th, we have Get Out and Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Get yeah. Out is so... It's, it's so overrated. Okay, so who liked Get Out? I liked it, but it was it. it was a DTV movie that. that had been pushed up to cinema release. Yeah, <laughs> it was great until it completely shat the bed at the end, and it was yeah. like the it was like oh, it was, the the whole first hour was actually brilliant, and it was like you get the reveal and you're like, really? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that is that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, because this, this sort of review is making sense because the only people who voted for it was Susan David. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, look, this is no disrespect to Susan David at all, but for me, the kind of people that love Get Out are the kind of people that have never watched a DTV horror film. Because yeah. I've seen everything in Get Out done better in a hundred films, and the only difference is. For some reason, this this became a bit of a zeitgeist movie this year that everyone was sucking off, and you kind of go, yeah, but I, I this is kind of like this film was made in the eighties. I still yeah. like it from my experience in New York. <laughs> did you get Harvey Weinstein in the theatre? No, no, I did not. Oh. He was the only white guy in the village. <laughs> in a full screen. Wow. <laughs> where, where, when the white people started dying, they'd clap and cheer. <laughs> that, that was awkward. And it was like midnight in uh, Times Square. And then I was sat next to um, three black guys who were on their phone throughout and would shout and stuff. Three black girls who, when music started playing, one went, Siri, what's this song? And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. And everyone was clapping and cheering. When the uh, main white female died, everyone literally stood up and was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be dragged and sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Anyway, wow. we also had Thor Ragnarok, best of Yay. the four films. Love this film. I think it's I think it's the best Marvel film of the year, controversially. Um, yeah, I think I... Guardians right. and Spider Man were great films. I really enjoyed them, but Thor just gave something different, and I think it was in its choice of director. Mm. Um, Taika Waititi just did something. He, he he basically is the first director in a long time to. Completely own a Marvel film, and and kind of kind of almost say, yeah, you know, yeah, I appreciate what you want, but fuck you, I'm doing what I want, and delivered a really fun, entertaining. It was yeah, it's just a really, really fun film that is kind of I think will stand up a repeated viewing. Yeah, it will a hundred percent, and I think it will stand up to repeated viewing better than Spider Man, and better than um, Guardians. Guardians. Oh, which already I, I've called on a lot. Hmm. Number yeah. eight is Dunkirk. 
Yeah, I, I really like this. So I must admit, really, it's two thirds of a really good film and then one sort of mediocre part. I, I just did not engage with the guy on the beach at all. I just thought he was shirking his responsibilities. And if he just stood in line, nothing would have happened to him and he'd have got on a boat, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That is actually so true. Yeah, but then but he would have died that, on the, the other, other boat. <laughs> the other two parts of it are absolutely fucking brilliant. You know, everything that happens with uh, Tom Hardy in the air. Other than... Everything that... Sorry, Karen. Go on. And everything that happens, apart from Killian Murphy's idiot character on the boat. Um, <coughs> but, but, yeah, no, I, I just thought it was really good. Do you know, for me, the only thing that knocked down a mark... And I, th- I agree. I think Dunkirk was mm-hmm. stunning. I think it was... I think it shows, once yeah. again, why Chris Nolan is the one of the best directors. He, mm-hmm. He's the next Spielberg. Yeah, he's, he's, the be- yeah, he's the best modern blockbuster director. Yeah, absolutely. He can he can do Batman. He can do this. You know, he's fucking all. And in, yeah, Interstellar was fucking amazing. But the only thing that killed this for me, and it it kills it anytime he's in a film now, is I can just I cannot. No, I mean partly, but I just cannot cope with fucking Tom Hardy mumbling through his roles anymore. <laughs> he's doing Bane in. He did Bane in in Mad Max. He did Bane in this. It's He's just well like in lock. Yeah, everything he does is Hardy. It's like, what? And I genuinely got to the point where I was like, could you stop fucking mumbling, please? Because mm. it spoiled it, took me out of it. I was spending more time trying to understand what he was saying than the drama around it. Get your ears checked, Phil. Yeah, probably. It's a great film, though. <laughs> great film. Okay, and numbers. I was shushing my laptop. Um, number seventh is the, in my opinion, the best of the Marvel films of the year, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, it's good. I, really good. Great film. Great film. Yeah. I saw this with um, Stephen at yep. the view, and it was great because I think I think Marvel this year has they've had three great villains, and Vulture I think is the second greatest oh. villain in the MCU. I mean, Definitely. Michael Keaton's yeah. phenomenal. Um, yeah. That's this is the as well the best no. Spider-Man film to date. I loved how it felt John Hughes, but then the bits yeah. when Michael in, in the car with him, it felt yeah. like cop car. Yeah. And that was the and film the director did. I love that. I love that scene in the car. I love that scene in the car with Michael Keaton and when he's just, yeah. he's kind of like, he's kind of interrogating or the penny's dropping who, who Peter Parker is. And yeah. it's just like really, really well done. That scene just kind of stayed with me. And I just thought, Brilliant. That because that's scene, not always the scene you get in a, you know, in a kind of a Marvel blockbuster or you know any kind of blockbuster. It, it's really, it's got it's some gravitas of, to it. It's one of the best well. scenes of the year, I would argue. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. It's, it's yeah. really that. That was just, it's brilliant. It, it, yeah. It was, yeah, it was proper good. And that, also, also, I like what it does with the sort of the peripheries of the sort of Marvel <laughs> universe, you know. So, so we're getting to see sort of the after the aftermath of the attack on New York, you know. Sort of crews are having to come in and sort of like salvage all the material. Yeah. And that yeah. sort of, well, that's what I mean. You know, it's quite clever, get, I suppose, in that yeah. way, wasn't it? You get the introduction of damage control to the MCU as well. Yeah, yeah you don't. Didn't think we'd see, to be honest. And then, like when I sat there with Josh and. The twist, which I didn't see coming a mile off, no. and he said it. He said it to me just before it happened, and there was a audible like <gasps> in the cinema because <laughs> when everyone else clicked it's on, and it's I was like, the same. I was the same. But um, oh, holy it's, shit! 
So my it's, good point... to have a vi- it's good to have a villain that you kind of feel you feel a kind of like not um, a connection but a sympathy for. Well, you can see his point of view if you see what yeah. I mean. You can see yeah. easily. Evil. You can see easily how this villain happened, and it happened because of circumstances mm-hmm. and correct. how it was a yeah. progression. And um, but I, I said and to it makes uh, sense. I said to you guys in the review that this was the film that shows the impact of the um, MCU the most by like even stuff like girls saying like what fuck marry kill and the list of superheroes they've got Captain America doing like sports announcements and stuff. Oh you got people and, drawing oh, pictures like <laughs> this, this is what this is what would happen. Yeah. And yeah. and that yeah. end credit sequence was <laughs> just simply <laughs> the best thing yeah. they have ever managed you know if you, you can't yeah. look at it and you kind of go oh what's it going to be what's and then when they do it and you just kind of like oh you motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> you genuine <laughs> motherfuckers it's Marvel it's just like, saying everyone calm the fuck down yeah. and just wait and, yeah. and it, again if you look at Thor and you know I have them either way right I, 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 if you put Spider-Man above Thor it's I don't have any issue with that right but you look at that and you look at the confidence and the ease that they make these films and they make them work. And then you look over and, and like like that great action sequence in the Washington Monument in mm. daylight. And, you know, you can see everything and the sequence on the boat in daylight. And, you know, mm. even when they have the finale, which is at night, you can still see everything. And then you look at Justice League and you oh, just kind of go, God, yeah. my God. God, you've got one company that just could basically put a shit, shit, could literally shit on camera, put it on screen, stick a superhero mask on it, and it would fucking make two hundred billion dollars. And the other one, they can't, they can't fucking make Batman and Superman work. And it's so upsetting. As someone that, that you kind of look at it and go, Marvel have the infinitely weaker heroes. Yeah, yep. and and the thing is, they're throwing the same amount of money at the films. You know, it's it's, it's not mm. as if DC are skimping. If not but, less. Yeah, well, I think Marvel are probably spending less money. I think Marvel yeah. now probably got it down to their spending. Probably, I reckon Justice League was with reshoots. You've got to be looking at a three hundred million dollar movie minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel yeah, seems to have hit upon a process, and not just in the story, but in <clears throat> probably the way they're producing and making these films. You know, they kind of they've got they've got it sussed, haven't they? Well, do you know it. what it is? It's mm. they've got a they've got a guy who isn't a filmmaker in charge of the whole thing. They've got Kevin Feige, who's not a filmmaker. He's not a director. So he's just in charge of putting the best people in front of the camera and behind the camera possible. Whereas DC have got Zack Snyder. Well, they had Zack Snyder and then, um, was it Jeff Johns, who's a comic book writer, but not a producer. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. with with Zack Snyder, even Wonder Woman, which I thought was really good up until the last... Yeah, yeah. basically it was like you could tell the moment that Zack Snyder kind of came in and went don't worry I've got this yeah let's let's, <laughs> let's move the camera 20 feet closer to closer to the action and then get get that editor in so we can start chopping this footage up a bit yeah let, let's do exactly what we haven't done in the rest of the film and do it here and you can't and then you look at but then you look at Spider-Man and you look at and it's you know it's it's like we all saw how badly they fucked up the last two Spider-Man films. Mm. You could argue mm. the last three. And then Marvel just walk in and go, yeah, don't worry. We've got it. 
And they just go, it's easy. And they, and, didn't, and they didn't even resort to a backstory with this one. Like, you know, the no. origin story. No, thank God. Yeah. I couldn't, and, I couldn't and, 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 and that's it. And it works without that, which is like, again, testament to how they, they're like, no, they had such confidence. They thought, no, we'll just do that in a kind of little flashback thing. You no, know, no big deal. Just crack on with the character. Well, yeah, it's all yeah, about the character. They'll just say it in one line of dialogue in, oh, a spider bit me. That's how confident they are. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but you've already seen it twice. You've already seen it. 15 times in cartoons and mm. comics you don't need it you really don't you really don't, don't no. and that, that, that's the fact they, they kind of fucking realise that and it's like well you know what yeah we will we'll just crack on we'll get we'll get Tony Stark in for a bit but which we'll just, actually probably was the one thing that was their one safety net that they put in there they were like look yeah. we'll, we'll stick yeah. something in just in case but actually so people are familiar with and we kind of like yeah you know, but Actually, it worked much better with just Happy, I thought. I thought Happy was fucking yeah, happy. Was yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just kind of like, you know, and, and then and then you kind of do all of that. And then just out of nowhere, you, you do a double reference to one of the best films of all time. Mm. That literally <laughs> 80% of your audience wouldn't be old enough to get. No. And this reminds me of that old film, that really old film I saw. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's and like you know there, there was that bit where he's running and I, I turned around to my wife and I was like they're they're homaging Ferris Bueller's Day Off yes. and then it cut to the TV <laughs> screen of Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I was like yeah. oh you bastards oh <laughs> you bastards well um, played so coming in at joint six we have La La Land and Paddington 2 that's a double bill and a half. That's that's the most uplifting yeah, double bill ever. Yeah, you got a really really right. overrated piece of shite, and you got Paddington too. Yeah. Oh come on, Josh. No, no, no. La La Land wasn't it. a piece of shite, but I did think it was. It was okay. I came out of that and went, it was okay. But um, yeah. La La Land was Padding... one of the bravest films of the year because no. do you know why it didn't? Okay, spoiler alert. Fuck it, it's a year old. Tough. Um, it didn't have a happy ending. And that, in a film like that, is mm. actually very brave. It's more brave than any other, I think, any other major decision made in a film this year. And everyone kind of ignores that. But to not have a happy ending at the end of La La Land is actually quite, I think, quite amazing, personally. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a kind of bittersweet ending, isn't it? I mean, it's not as if they both end up in the gutter or anything like that. Oh, I mean, no, they don't, you know, they don't end, end up Harvey yeah, Weinstein just... or anything. <laughs> He's not having to knock off Kevin Spacey to get a job. You know, he's he's all right, but... But it's just not where the audience expects them to be by the end of a film like that. No, think, and it's not that's... where you want yeah. them to be all the way through it. And I think that's really, I think that's a really brave decision. Plus, it's got some really good songs in it. Um, but yeah. Paddington 2, I'm good at this, isn't I? I think yeah. Paddington 2 is just... Higher? It's yeah. pure, I'm, pure I'm, delight. I'm glad, I'm glad this is on the list, because I haven't seen it yet, and I'm really looking forward yeah. to seeing it. So. I haven't oh. seen it either, so maybe that's why... That's, that's why, yeah, that's like, why. I... Honestly, yeah. it's... If you want a film that, that just does everything right, makes you laugh, makes you cry, yeah. makes you kind of just... It, it's genuinely one of the best films of the year. And it's is so it, good. Yeah, everyone I really everyone is. I know that's seen it says it's, it's it's better than the first one. Like, it like, is. Yeah. It is. The yeah. first one's incredible yeah. as well. Yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed the first one, so it's so maybe I should get to the cinema and see this. Yeah, no, it's it should. It, it's fabulous. I mean Hugh Grant, oh my God. Villain, villain of the year. 
and just act uh, with fear. I think that I think people massively yeah, miss. Performance. Yeah, I think people underrate Hugh Grant. I think the people still consider him to be that that floppy haired twat from all those floppy haired well, shit yeah, films. Yeah. He did thirty years but, ago. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Um, but he's actually he actually made some interesting choices. Like even like the films like Bridget Jones, mm-hmm. like playing the kind of roguey bad guy. And in this, he's just glorious. And the end credit sequence, oh, I give nothing away. God. Best scene of the year. More than yeah, probably. Probably. Well, it, probably well, one it, of the best things of the year. You've got that last shot, right? And I'm trying not to spoil this, Mike. You've got the mm-hmm. last shot, and then it goes into that, edit, that end credit sequence, and it's just... It's what you need after that last shot. Oh, yeah, it, is. it really is. is. It really is. And I, mean, I was saying to Josh, you know, he's like, yeah, we're reviewing it this week. Oh, right, okay. So I got up that morning. Had my breakfast, watched the first one, went straight to the cinema, watched the second one. Oh, God. They're, they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. And honestly, like, with how lifting a double bill of that, like, I reckon you could be like, yeah. Steve and your family's just died, and you'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said to my dad, he was taking the piss. I went, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, was it good? I went, it's fucking brilliant. He's like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah. I said, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And I am good high on the list. I really am. But I, I, I think I think that's out of people not seeing it rather than people not enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone I, I who I've spoken to, it, I, yeah, everyone who's spoken to seen it have said one of the films of the year. Yeah, yeah. So coming it's, in, it's so up, it's so uplifting. Even Kevin Spacey's sitting there watching it on repeat just to. Okay, give over. <laughs> coming in at number joint fourth. Is a lot of joints. Yeah. There's a lot of joints. Is it's like a Cheech and Chong movie. Yeah. It's is Moonlight and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So Moonlight was overrated. Yeah, no, no I, I agree. I, I agree. I uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was overrated. I agree, Phil. Moonlight. Josh, you didn't understand Blade Runner. Oh, That's don't give point. me that shite. Everyone, every pretentious film goer, <laughs> anyone who doesn't like their film, like no, you just didn't understand it. I, you just didn't I get think it. Blade Runner's overrated. Take I your head out your ass. No, I think the original Blade Runner is overrated. I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine, other than having the shittest title of the year, is actually a fucking great film. It's a fucking great pure sci fi film. So I, I do agree. Yeah. I did like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. The original Blade Runner. I have as one of the, my least favorite films of all time. Honestly, it, that's what happens, guys, when we podcast with a twelve-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> <that's true>. yeah. <laughs> didn't even like Near Dark. Jesus, I, I mean, it's it's the list of Josh's crimes against cinema are <laughs> up there with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, it? get over! We get it. We get it. They molest people. Jesus. Oh, have I touched a nerve? Do you need therapy? Jesus, were you, were you one of them? Yeah, just stop molesting me. <laughs> okay, that got all. Anyway, can, can uh, we talk about can we talk about the films? Uh, yeah, well, I haven't seen Moonlight, but you know. I think Moonlight was overrated. It, I, it, I really it, enjoyed Moonlight. It was good, but it, I enjoyed it, it. You know, it it didn't do much for me. I've got I got to admit, when I first watched it, I, I mean, the first it took me a bit of time to get into it, but it's one of those films that kind of grow, grow on me as I watched it. And I, I yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, 
it, it's well it's well told and it, it it was one of those films that i was thinking about it a couple of days after which means it had more of an impact than as i was watching it kind of like progressing so and yeah one, one thing that i liked about moonlight is so when i saw suze in edinburgh she was doing sort of a bit of a comparing thing and she was after the comedian said they've actually speaking to one and she'd bring it around to films because her show was on films and she was um talking to a black comedian and moonlight was mentioned and the comedian said something that i've always said as well that she was like i never thought moonlight is a film about race it has black actors in it but i never thought of a black film and i can see why people did it to stick it to the man but she was to me it was like i saw this as a film about homosexuality for first and foremost and that you know they were black and that was just something you know like you could do the exact same film with uh, white people to be just as powerful and I, I completely agreed i thought the film's a great message of homosexuality more to their race like, no, yeah. but i think i think what you've got to take into it account is the um like social economic values of it as well so it's not just yeah, yeah. a gay man it's a gay black man in the projects you know you've got all that all that res- residents in America. Yeah, I mean, you've got all that like macho masculinity going about, and you know the bullying and the violence and the drugs, and I think it was all that just wrapped into one thing. And I think that's why it spoke out to, especially a lot more people in America, like which was saying then. And I think that's, I don't think it was just the homosexuality and the race, but you had all the other elements as well. You know, like the no father figure. Or the father figure is a drug dealer because he hasn't got a father, or the bullying and the retaliation and the going to prison and <laughs> all that. I think it really, really connected well. Yep. And what was he? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Ricky, Phil. I know this was quite high on your list. I I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was a great film. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, shot. I loved it. I think I loved the- it. It's it's an intelligent sci-fi movie for an intelligent audience. I don't leave that. I just yeah. leave that there, Josh. Really. I think they sort of um, they didn't need to quite force the connection to Blade Runner as much as they did. They didn't need to sort of have you know callbacks to like James um, Edward Almost's character. Yeah, yeah. You know things like that. I do. I, I do I think, think they really need to do that. Um, it could have just been another story within that universe, you know. Yeah, I agree. And, but he was only—he was only in one scene, though, so it wasn't. Yeah. You know, and, but, and actually, but I, I see where you're coming from. I think that's probably what sunk the film commercially. It's things like that that it—I I, like. I said I'm not a massive fan of the original Blade Runner. I thought it was fine, um, but I, you know, I think it is overrated. I only watched it again because of this film. I had no desire to actually see Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I watched it, I was just kind of like, you know, you kind of go, shit, if I hadn't have watched this, there's a fuck of a lot of this film that wouldn't have made any sense. Right. And it was almost too reliant on your knowledge of the original, mm-hmm. which, let's face it, if you're relying on the knowledge of a film that no one really saw, that has very minimal appeal to a current audience, yeah, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. it was Having a said that, though, film, wasn't it? So. Yeah. It it does have a performance by one of my favourite actors, one of my, one of my rising stars, and that is Dave Bautista. Mm. Yeah, he's, 
he's really he's sort really of like, good. He's he's building up a really good resume of solid character work. You know, he's, he's not going the the usual <laughs> sort of John Cena or the Rock kind kind of way. He's you know he's he's just working his craft, and it's, it's really yeah. great to see. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's yeah. really good. So subtle uh, is not something you bring with a rock, is it? Let's be honest. No. <laughs> uh, second best film of the year is Logan. Yeah. Oh yes, a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. So Mike and Stephen, oh, both of you guys had this as your favorite film of the year. Yep. Yeah. It was a t- it was a tough choice, but yeah, this this one out it was the more sort of grown up film, I guess. Um, yeah, sort of. A, I just absolutely loved it. I just loved the tone of it, and it was it was more of a superhero movie than the trailers would let you believe. You know, yeah. it, it it definitely was a comic book movie. You know, um, they weren't sort of trying to take Logan away from that. So yeah, no, I just absolutely loved it. It was really good. Yeah, I got to agree with Mike. I thought the performances were brilliant. I thought. The, the look of the film was great. The, the pathos and the, that ending, oh, my God. Heartbreaking. Yeah, I was in nearly in bits in the cinema. I really was. And I think it was kind of like every Wolverine film we've wanted for the last 10 years. And yeah. they've, they've finally got the bollocks to do it. And it was just such a fitting payoff for the character. It and was... It- Fantastic. I love that it was his best performance. It was Patrick Stewart's best performance. Yeah. Uh, the girl, Danielle, oh, I can't remember her name. She was great. Even mm. even Richard E. Grant. Because when I heard oh, he, yeah. was the, he was going to be the baddie, I, don't, don't worry, I do like him, don't get me wrong. But I was like, oh, I don't think that's going to work that well. But even, yeah, even his performance worked really well mm. in the film as well. Do you think? Do you think the film? You know, you know, they did the black and white trailer. Do you think the film would benefit from a black and white version along the lines of the Mad Max? Um, oh, hundred percent. There is one. It's is on, there? On the Blu-ray, I believe. All right, I which we'll have to. Logan Noir, I think it's called. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it'd work any differently to me. I don't mm. think it'd make any change in the film. I don't. If anything, see... it'd make it just feel more like a western. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the only thing it'd be. It's like, you know, trying to put it back to something like High Noon or something like that. You know, it just didn't really make sense. But, I mean, like something like Mad Max, I mean, I didn't really enjoy that film. And Oh, thank thought, God, someone else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't and like it either. I thought if you're going to take away the vibrancy and the colour of it, it yeah. just seems a bit, a bit daft to me. You know? I'd never seen it, seen, I suppose. I'd yeah, love... but you're right. The, uh, the you know, Logan Noir is is on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for Stuart to get a nomination, and she just. I think, I, but... <clears throat> I think yeah. they should. I think they should. I think the only thing that's setting them back is that it was released in like February and March mm. over here in the states, and I, I'm just hoping that people remember. Well, I've just seen that in the um, I think LA Critics Award. Um, yeah, Patrick Stewart. Um, had a joint tie with Army Hammer for a uh, supporting actor, so that mm-hmm. sort of thing can only get it, you know, back into the uh, voters' eyes. Good. But anyway, Good. so has anyone figured out what our film of the year is? I think so. Our film of the year no. is. Okay, wait, Ricky, what do you think it is? Um, 
I don't know, actually. Mm. So I'm, th- I'm thinking, um, was it on my list? Yes. Stephen? Um, I'm trying to remember. Is, is it a Marvel film? No. Film. Mm. Um, I don't know. I know there's two incredibly good films that we haven't mentioned, but I don't think either of them will be top. What What do you think those films are? Oh, um, uh, we, I think I think I've we haven't mentioned them. Raw, which I think is phenomenal, uh, and we haven't mentioned Train Spotting Two, which I think is phenomenal. Ah, yeah, that didn't make the list. Um, no. Stephen, I think I've sussed it. Ah, <laughs> that's right. The film of the year. Which appeared on everyone's list bar David because he said he hadn't seen it yet. Seen it yet. Is it? It. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. And this <laughs> was the same as last year. In that, well, no, I think it's a Zerby winner in that Helen Highwater um, was consistent in everyone's top 10 list. And same with it. It yeah. was the only film bar, um, <laughs> bar David that featured in everyone's list. It's great. It wasn't in my list. It was. It wasn't. Was it? No. Okay, recount. Oh, don't tell me you fought it up, Josh. No, no, it, okay, it wasn't in Ricky's and David's head. You had one job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like I'm an accountant or auditor, hey? Calm down. Uh, um, how company do you work for again, and what did yeah. they, uh, how good did they use <laughs> the results this year? Shit, I mean, and the winner is La La Land. Yes, come on. <laughs> yeah. hold, on hold on, no, 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 no. It's not it. It's actually Transformers. I fucked up, sorry. Um, yeah, no, but actually, the film... Were these votes independently verified by someone at your company? The, by me. Um, the film of the year is it. So, yeah, it's how good was it? It was, it was yeah. like the biggest surprise. At the start of the year, I would have been, I would have been like, oh, like this, really? Oh, but it made... Um, so, two films that are in the uh, top 10 highest grossing worldwide films of the year. It yeah. is number 10. Mm-hmm. Justice League is not in it. It's in number 11. It beat Justice League. And, and rightly so. Look, it's yeah. not perfect. It, you know, I, I think it, it's genuinely not perfect. But it is... I hate, I hate saying it, it, but yeah. But it scared the shit out of me at times. <laughs> I See, genuinely felt so uncomfortable watching it. I mean, I, I'm scared of clowns. Doesn't help. Well, but... that doesn't help, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, so good. I'm scared I of loved, balloons. I loved it. I mean, my two eldest kids went watching it on the Friday night. The little bastards who went watching it before me. And I said, did you enjoy it? Went, it was really good, but it wasn't scary. And I kind of agreed with them. I didn't find it that scary. But to me, it harkened back to more like a... Um, Stranger Things, Stand by Me kind of yeah, vibe, Goonies, you know, that yeah. Movie, yeah. Like, it, like it wasn't so much a horror, more an adventure type film, if you know what I mean. I agree, and, and I, I loved it. Completely worked, completely worked. Finn Wolfhard, I'm sorry, that kid is a fucking legend. He is amazing. Even this and Stranger Things, I think he's one of the best talents that we've got coming up. I really <laughs> do. Yeah, and because it's like similar groups, but he plays completely different actors in both. Like yeah, different characters, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I think it was probably so to say the biggest surprise of the year. Um, how much money it made? I mean, apart from that wolf warrior in China, this probably made like the biggest, you know, bang for its buck. Mm-hmm. I think part of it as well is is because they rightfully sort of jettisoned the whole adult side of the book, 
I mean, if you ever look at the book on the shelf in um, you know any sort of bookshop, it's about four inches across. It is a fucking tome oh. and a half. Yeah, it's a massive book. It's yeah. massive. So you know, it's, um, I think they did the the right thing. Just just deal with the kid side of the story. Worry about the um, the adult side another day, and hopefully the adult side might might even be more scary um, as a result. Um, but anyway. Yeah, good decision. Hopefully, I, I mean, I can't wait to find out who they've cast as as the kids, uh, the adults, should I say? Mm. That's going to be interesting, I think, because I don't know whether they're going to go established or newcomers or <clears throat> or what. Maybe yeah, I, I even I even listened to an interview with Bill Skarsgård this week, and he, even he said that they, they they don't know yet. They've not even started casting yet. But I think we can all agree, because it appeared on Evans' list by Ricky's and David's, that it was, it's a deserved well, winner. And I just said, the only reason it didn't appear on mine is I actually still haven't seen it yet. See? So, and everyone who's yeah. seen it so far has been on the list. So, so that's, that's, that's my two Christmas uh, films to sort out to watch. <laughs> Paddington <laughs> 2 and It. Can't get two uh, polar extremes on that one. Um, so to recap the top 10, in joint 10th we had Get Out and Thor Ragnarok. In 8th, we had Dunkirk. In 7th, we had Spider-Man Homecoming. In joint 6, we had La La Land and Paddington 2. In joint 4th, we had Moonlight and Blade Runner 2049. Second place was Logan. And the Smoking Lambs film of the year was... It. I don't want to know what that what noise was. <laughs> yeah. Phil, what was that? That was just me giggling. Sorry. You should listen to the um, the remix of the. Uh, if you come with me, you'll float too. <laughs> that sounded even worse. <laughs> Wait, I'll. Is that like a Any- poo song? Anyone else disturbed that Josh has that so quickly on his phone? (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time to address the lamb. It's the last part of the show. It is debate the lamb time and it's our end of year competition throughout the, um, the many weeks we've been doing this. We've been keeping track of everyone's rankings and basically um, anyone who's competed in a large number of matches, which is actually only four people, um, were eligible. And how it worked out is it's going to be myself, who finished first, against Ricky B, who finished fourth. And it will be Mike, who finished third, against Stephen, who finished second. And the winners of both of these will fight in the final. So there's no real... When we when we thought Richard was going to be on the show, we was going to have the advantage where the person in first was going to get a pass to the final. <coughs> but oh well, we'll have to we'll have to slog it out anyway. Um, but yes, and Phil will be the host because he's a world-renowned host for roller skating or something like that. So we thought it'd be perfect. <laughs> uh, Remember, okay. judge evenly and no I, I think maybe you might start regretting the uh, piss taking. So our first game uh, is going to be Josh. 
Oh, what a shame. Against <laughs> against the winner, Ricky. <laughs> so, Ricky, um, do you want to play or do you want to go straight through to the next round? It's up to you. I mean, you know, it's my decision. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play, Josh. You know, I, can, he, I mean, it's, he, it's, he it's only fair. You deserve. You've won. Yeah. It's only fair. I'm, I'm, just doing, I'm just doing to play, you know, because it's, you know, sportsmanship. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm going to be fair. I wouldn't want to prejudge anything. Um, so your five films are, and Ricky, you get to choose first because you are the lower ranking. If, if Josh, if I'm not doing this right, remind me, I've only... No, that's of... correct. What what will happen is if you need to format full reveal um, answers, we each take turns to pick an answer. Whoever has the first answer means they have to go first. So first choice, but less time to think. <laughs> then film reveal the question and then we will debate our answer. So it's not about the answer you pick, it's about the debate. So which... F- don't reveal the <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking twat. Right, start again. Um, so your choices are Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, The Shawshank Redemption, and Jaws. Ricky, which film would you like to pick? I will go for Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, as it's known, because I do not subscribe okay. to the fact. Okay. <laughs> Josh, which film would you like to pick? Pulp Fiction. Okay. So, Ricky, you've chosen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Josh, you've chosen Pulp Fiction. So, the question is, which film would you erase from history... And why? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Ricky got to choose first, Josh, you can get to go first. So, Josh... No, no, what... no, it's the way round. Oh, is it? Okay, all right. But hey, you put me in charge. I didn't say any <laughs> rules. So, uh, apparently, Ricky, you get... Ricky, you've won this anyway. You can say anything. Is, it, is uh, there any reason why we're raising these from time? Just, just for the sake of it, yeah? Just, just because I'm a bastard. Because you just like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, one film has to go. Mm-hmm. One film has to go so the other one can exist. So, Ricky, why would you erase Raiders of the Lost Ark from history? Why would I erase Raiders of the Ark from the Lost History? Well, firstly, I'd probably get rid of it because, you know, it would be doing the world a favour because then we wouldn't have all the crap films that Steven Spielberg has been doing recently. You know, he would have, he basically wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to make any of the kind of like the crap BFG films. Cause they wouldn't have given any money for it. Um, you wouldn't have got George Lucas kind of like babbling on about stories. You wouldn't have got Howard the duck. You wouldn't have got the prequels. Cause he, he by then, you know, wouldn't have got kind of like carried away with himself. Harrison Ford then could have concentrated on, you know, better blockbusters like Star Wars. Maybe George Lucas could have then focused on perhaps um, bringing the prequels forward for what he always planned to do. So they would have been better because he'd have been not mulling them over and losing touch with reality in the intervening 20 years. Um, Yeah, so that's my argument. Okay, it's it's an argument. Uh, Josh, why would you erase Pulp Fiction? from history and why so the first thing is erasing pulp fiction gives more variety <laughs> to people's bedrooms in terms of film posters 
you know, you could have far more variety instead of every person at uni who's got Pulp Fiction. So, straight away. But a reason Pulp Fiction, I don't think, changes the landscape. Because directors who are influenced by Tarantino will still be influenced by Tarantino. Because he would still do Reservoir Dogs, which came before that. All of his other films, I think, would still... Um, must still have happened. I don't think Raising Pulp Fiction would have stopped any of his other films' progression because the way Tarantino I've always described is he's like a film DJ. You know, he's influenced by so many different directors. So if you erase Pulp Fiction, all of his other films would still stand because these films themselves are influenced by so many other films before them. And, you know, a lot of people do say they're inspired by Pulp Fiction as a film, but they were also inspired by Tarantino, so I think you'd still have that same level of inspiration. So that's why Erasing Pulp Fiction, although a terrific film, I don't think does anything to the overarching, overarching sort of film world. Whereas if you raise, first of all, I think making a claim that George Lucas, if he didn't do <clears throat> Raiders of the Lost Ark, he would have had more time in Star Wars, is irrelevant because he always said. The thing was stopping him doing the prequels was the technology. So he still would have done the prequels at the same time because he did it when basically as soon as he could when the technology was available. Getting rid of Raiders of the Lost Ark gets rid of other films such as Last Crusade. Yes, you get rid of Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, but again, you get rid of Last Crusade, a great film, Temple of Doom. My personal favourite, it's not everyone's, but still you get a, you get rid of this whole universe, the whole potential of other films. You get rid of arguably um, Harrison Ford at his best. In Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I don't think, you know, Steven Spielberg still would have made the films he's done. I've, I think removing Raiders of the Lost Ark wouldn't change Spielberg's path at all. He probably would have just made another fantasy action film. Okay. Um, Ricky, would you like to retort to any points raised by Josh in that, that, that last bit? What these little kind of like I, I don't know I think George like in terms of the the, the prequels and the technology I think basically George Lucas would have probably had more time to do it because I think that was probably couldn't be asked basically I think he'd probably be able to do it in terms of like Pulp Fiction I mean you're losing a classic it's an iconic film and I don't think you'd have Quentin Tarantino would have quite the the kind of freedom to do what he's been able to do with all the other films he's done since i, think I disagree that, i think i think he would have gradually built it up the, though yeah but you can't say that because if you're removing the film from the whole kind of like it, pulp fiction is is perceived as being his classic film so if you move that from his canon you can't possibly kind of like make any judgment of oh i don't think that's going to kind of fit into make any difference because it blatantly will well, because no, no, but spot, if it was his first, if it was if it, if it was his first film, yeah, I think you've got a fair argument. But because it was his second film, he clearly showed his potential in Reservoir Dogs. So if he hadn't made Pulp Fiction, um, they still, he still would have made a impressive film because of what you know, studios still would have been interested with the debut he did in Reservoir Dogs. They would have still been interested, but they wouldn't have had the gravitas to get away with to be able to do what he wanted to do, the, the artistic freedom. There's plenty of people who've been able to kind of like have one good film, but they don't hand them the keys to the studio. Most of them have to have one or two and then have a kind of like what was deemed as a classic before they can kind of carry on. Yeah, Take but I, I, like think, I think Tarantino... Where basically, France, he basically had to get the film like Pan's Labyrinth before then he was kind of like considered for films like The Hobbit, which he never really did, but then, you know, Hellboy and on the back of that. So, you know... It's it's still an important film in his in his kind of like canon that 
gives him access to the the rest of his career and what he could make and choices and decisions. I'm not arguing that it didn't help, but at the same time, I think the reason that he can do what he wants now with Django and Chain, hateful, unfortunately, is the films that he's built up over time, not just Pulp Fiction. And I think, you know, Reservoir Dogs helped in Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction did help with more films later on. But I think if you remove that, you've still got the effect of Reservoir Dogs, where if you remove... Um, Razor the Lost Ark, you're moving a whole franchise in Indiana Jones, a beloved character, one of the best heroes of all time, one of the most iconic weapons of all time. You're moving more great films. Um, and again, saying that George Lucas would have had more time, if I'm not mistaken, what, um, Razor the Lost Ark was 89, was it? Uh, no, much before that. Was it 81? 82. 82, And Phantom Menace was 1999, so... You yeah, know, but in the, I'm just talking about George, I'm just talking about George Lucas. But in, in in terms of Spielberg, Spielberg would have still he was basically in his golden period with anything. So he'd still come up with other films, maybe come up with a different kind of maybe not Indiana Jones, but he might have come up with some other adventure kind of serial or something. And it may well have had Harrison Ford in it, or it may well have had some other kind of like 80s icon, and would have a completely different alternative universe with a different kind of like. I don't know, a different, a completely different kind of action hero. But but, okay. then, but, but then in saying that, you gentlemen, could say Tarantino could have done a public fi- uh, fiction-esque film. We have Sorry, I, I, had, we've had a good debate, um, but we must draw it to a close because I have to pick a winner. And, well, it's a tough one. Both of you argued your points well, but sadly, very sadly, Unfortunately, Ricky, I'm going to have to go with Josh. Because, Josh, simply your opening statement was brilliant. Um, You're right. Getting rid of Pulp Fiction would have positively changed the landscape of people's bedrooms all across the world. (laughs) It was. That was was fucking hilarious. Yeah, you actually had me at that. I was like, yeah, pretty much we can stop now. But uh, good, good, well debated, Ricky. I thought you made a very good point. That was a bitch of a Um, question. It was a yeah, bit of a was. question, wasn't it? Well, as I soon actually, as I got I, Indiana Jones, I was thinking, oh, fuck. To be fair, uh, Josh, you could have won Pulp Fiction just by saying if there was no Pulp Fiction, but there'd probably be no Harvey. Um, <laughs> so you could have won it on that, but I appreciate the fact you didn't go there. I did. So, Josh, you go through to the final. Um, which well means, done, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. Well played. Mike, Stephen, we Will. have the next round. So are you gentlemen <clears> ready? So, Mike, you are the... Uh, the um, lesser ranked player for this competition so you will get the pick so schindler's list oh, Manchester hell, not again. Sea, a beautiful mind no country for old men and the english patient so schindler's list manchester by the sea a beautiful mind no country for old men and the english patient no country for old men Excellent. And Stephen, your choice. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, fuck it. Schindler's List. Okay, gentlemen, good choices. So, your question. <laughs> I hate it when they laugh before they give you the <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, like cackling, isn't it? So, you pick Schindler's List and No Country for Old Men, and your question is, which film would I most like to see remade as a musical? Why? And please give me at least one featured song. <laughs> you bastard. 
<laughs> so the question is, which film would I most like to see remade as a musical? Why? Listing at least one featured song. Mike. No country for old men. Country for old men, the musical. I think it'd have to be just called country exclamation mark. Let's <laughs> start. Um, okay, so yeah, this is the sort of timeless tale of a guy, you know, almost like Jack and the Beanstalk. He goes out, he finds a half dead guy, finds some money. His his fortunes are on the rise, but then there's an obstacle. Bloody Javier Bardem as Anton Chigurh. Um So, yeah, I, I, I kind of see this as like, you know, like in Babe, where they had um, the mice as sort of like, you know, the um, the chorus. I, I, I imagine something like that, but maybe with like a mariachi band, sort of just, just coming in every now and again and sort of laying down a few <laughs> sort of lines to keep, keep the story going, just a comment on things. Um which I think would be really cool. Didn't they do that in Paddington, actually? Yeah, uh, yeah, they did the yeah, original one. Did. Didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, I, I kind of see that. Um, uh, as as for a song, I'm thinking something along the lines of the Scarlet Pimpernel, almost. You know, sort of <clears> like <throat> um, you know, this Luella Moss guy. We seek him here. We seek him there. We seek him <laughs> everywhere. Maybe with a Mexican accent. Um, so yeah, um, and, and again, it still has that sort of same sort of ending but maybe maybe in this version they can have the um the mariachi band sort of going singing a song along the lines of is that it he's dead <laughs> what the hell you know so are you, you basically saying that that the remake of this would be the three amigos um kind of yeah, so somewhere between the three somewhere between the three amigos <laughs> and jack and the beanstalk okay brilliant in fact yes this is going to be not just a musical. It's going to be a pantomime musical. And, I, you know, every time Chigger appears on on screen, everyone needs to shout, he's behind you, sort of thing. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Okay. So, Stephen, um, that was Mike's. Uh, Mike's. So why, so why would you like to see Shindles this as a musical? How would you do it? And what featured song would you pick? Fucking hell. You literally couldn't have picked a better film out of that. <clears throat> yeah, I know. And that's what I was worried about. Okay, here we go. So, as it was mentioned in the first Shindles list, in the original. In the first? In the first. <laughs> Schindler's List 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Schindler's List 2, this time he's serious. Right. So this is a film. Again, like Mike said, it's going to be called Oscar. With an exclamation mark. Because it is going to be all about Oscar Schindler saving the lives of the Jewish people. But what does Oscar Schindler have? Panache. <laughs> right, he's got the front. He can deliver. So instead of making making the concentration camps, he's going to make a music camp. <laughs> Bear with me. So there's going to be lots of singing, dancing, even singing in the showers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the showers, just in the showers. <clears throat> so yeah. So instead of people being picked off from a balcony with a shotgun, they're gonna be picked off with a spotlight. 
where they've got to sing and dance <laughs> and impress the Nazi leaders. Um, the song, something along the lines of putting together the show. You know, they're gonna. That's that's it's gonna end with a big, big family show in the concentration camps, taking in all all the prisoners, all the people. So there's going to be a chorus, an orchestra. It's all about divvying up the parts and saving the people rather than making the weapons and saving the people. I've, so I've, I've got to say, Stephen, I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. I think you need to uh, <laughs> concentrate more. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Stephen, I'm surprised you didn't suggest that they just put in springtime for Hitler. Just as <laughs> no, no that, 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 that's been done before. We're not doing that shit. We're going to go all, all new songs. So it'd be along the lines of, you know, the lonely Jew trying to work himself up to the main part. How he's going to? How he's going to? Can you imagine the soundtrack listing for this? Oh my god! Someone, the lonely Jew. <laughs> <laughs> track fifteen. Kind of similar big finale. Kind track of similar. four. Singing in the shower. It's a self part of the movie. You know, lonely Jew on Christmas. You know, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, See, I, I hate the idea. I hate to have to help you here, but I can actually sort of envisage because um, Ray Fine's character is called Amon Goth or Goth. Yeah. So I can envisage a um, Beauty and the Beast song. No, in fact, no. If there's, there's, there's no one just like Amon. <laughs> <laughs> no one shoots no, like Amon Goth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, look. I know the whole point of this is a debate, but I'm going to have to say, no offense, Mike, but um, Stephen, yeah, you've you've got this one. I think you, you one. you've hit it at such a such a expert level. Uh, you you go to the final. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and, I mean to the point where you're helped by by your opposition. <laughs> see, I, yeah, I could see the genius of it. <laughs> Do you know what? You, you, now we joke about it. I'm sitting here thinking, actually, if music. I want to see of... this, guys. Can we make it work? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this will this be is the how last. The producer started. I know, right? This, so this will be the last smoking lamb ever, as we now offend yet another <laughs> the planet. Well, if we have to, like, I know we're really um, international best on golf, and I'm sure would write the script for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> That genuinely took me a couple of seconds to work that one out. Uh, the problem is, the film would be a little rapey, let's be honest. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> right, guys, can we just take a two-minute break? Because I'm desperate for a pee. Sure. Cheers. <laughs> Ricky, are you ready for uh, after the show? Um, we we did the um thingy DVD. Yeah, yeah, should be alright. What's this? Where me and Ricky are doing our London has fallen commentary. Oh, tonight. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to it, and wouldn't definitely rather be in bed. Yeah, I'm up at half six. <sighs> I've got my works Christmas party tomorrow. Ooh. Where are you going? Um, just this hotel in town, but uh, we're supposed to finish at half five, but I'm the in charge on site, so I'm like, 
guys, we'll finish at three, go home, get changed, and then just go pub. <laughs> well, time's it actually start then, about seven. Yeah, half seven. So you're going to be fucked when you get there then. Oh, yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. Good lad. Yeah. I might go to quiz at the local tomorrow. We'll see. Right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Oh, right that ain't what it used to be, chaps. <coughs> Are we ready? Yep. Yep. Cool. So, five. Okay. So, brilliant. Well, well done, Josh. Well done, Stephen. You are in the final of the Debate the Lamb 2017. And... Uh, Great, right, so I'm back as well. Hey, I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't realize you were there. So... Mike, no, no, Mike, you lost. Uh, Josh, Stephen, you are in the final of Debate the Lamb 2017. Are you excited? Yes. Moist, moist <laughs> anticipation, I think, will be the word. Say again? Moist of anticipation. <laughs> so, <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, obviously, uh, Stephen, you are the lower-ranked player. So you get to pick first. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. Um, Idris Elba, Liam Neeson, Vigo Mortensen, Daniel Day Lewis, or Christian Bale? Those are your picks. Liam Neeson. Okay. Good choice. Josh? Uh, can you repeat, please? Idris Elba, Liam Neeson, Vigo Mortensen, Daniel Day-Lewis, or Christian Bale? Christian, or Morten- Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Okay, cool. So, which actor would you most like to be spacied by and why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I, I, I laughed so hard I farted. <laughs> I thought we got rid of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Are we really? Okay. Come on, Stephen. We can do this. Oh, shit the bed. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, look, I thought I'd make the last ever smoking lamb a good one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, once again, uh, <laughs> I've lost my headphones. Um, so, Stephen, <laughs> you picked uh, Liam Neeson. Josh, you picked... Christian Bale. So, which actor would you most like to be spacied by and why? I'm so good I didn't pitch, pick Idris Elba now. <laughs> so, uh, over to you, Stephen. Good luck. Right. Well, it's a well-rumoured fact that... It's um... a well-rumoured fact! That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Shut up, you dickhead. <laughs> it's, a, it's a well-known rumour. That's, that's the one I'm looking for. But um, Liam Neeson has apparently got the largest cock in Hollywood. Um, according to the old supermodel Janice Dixon, it's the size of an Evian bottle. Um, so, yeah, definitely going to feel it. Definitely get some pleasure out of there. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and that lovely kind of rapey Irish accent that he throw in there 
I can't think of anyone better, to be honest. Um, you know, he's going to sweeten you up with some whiskey, some good old single malt Irish whiskey beforehand. Uh, he's going to go uh, non-stop. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, it's one of them where you know you're going to be taken. And <clears throat> quite roughly, I, I presume. Uh, <laughs> but again, with that charming Irish brogue he's got, he's going to be soothing as he's going <laughs> to pound <out. laughs> Right, I'll be honest. I'm not gay, but if I was, I don't want the largest cock in Hollywood. Are you kidding me? It's like when I eat a burger at McDonald's, I take nibbles. I don't just shove it in there. Like I'd choke and die for my hmm. for my first time being Kevin Spacey's because I assume I'm underage as well. I don't want that. You said you're gonna no, feel I it. I genuinely wasn't oh, going there. <laughs> he said. He said Not you're gonna. I was skipping past that one. He said you're gonna feel it. Well, too, how are you gonna feel it if you've got the larger cock in Hollywood? You'll need. You'll be like St- uh, Stephen Hawking afterwards. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> and you keep saying like. Irish rapey. I want to know. I want to know what's happened. I don't want. I want him him fucking scraping the sides. Never mind touching him. I want him ripping it out. No, that's your preference. But I'm a nice delicate. I'm a nice delicate flower. And the reason you see, you keep saying I don't want my first time being with someone who you described as Irish rapey. I mean, like he might have a certain set of skills, but being a tender lover isn't one of them. Unlike Christian Bale, I mean, we've seen we've seen he can get angry. So if you want that intensity, yeah. that toughness, you know, the way he shouted at that extra, if you want that roughness, that kinkiness, the guy's gonna throw you about. You've got Christian Bale. You've seen his body. You've seen the beefcake he is. He's not just this flabby old man now in Liam Neeson. Fucking he is he, at the minute. He's he, he, you've seen what he can uh, do. Whether yeah. it's the machinist, the Batman Begins, the Dark yeah. Knight, he can change his body like that. And if he knew he was gonna have his way 